the it's always the right time deal. Hey, want to go to Mickey D's for lunch? Ooh, let's go now. <laughs> But it's not lunchtime yet. If we're going to McDonald's, it's always the right time. Yeah, it's hard to argue with that. There's a deal for every lunch hour at McDonald's. Now's the time to get two for $3.99. Mix and match a four-piece McNuggets, a McDouble, a McChicken, or a hot and spicy McChicken. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. I'm wearing headphones just for you, Bobby. I have a bone to pick with you. Oh, Jesus Christ. What's fucking now? What do you mean? What? So can I just pick a bone? May I pick sure. A, may I pick a bone? So the other day I was at the comedy store. By the way, I know you have 500 podcasts, but podcasts can start with some kind of formal intro. Like, it's Bobby Lee's here, you guys. You know him from Harold uh, and Kumar. But you know how sometimes movies, you know, they do the, the, the opening credits like maybe 20 minutes in? Like A24 will do that or whatever. Let's mm. be that. Okay. Let's not 20 be a studio. Minutes in. Let's not be a studio film. Let's mm-hmm. be artsy about it. Okay. Okay. Cool. Yeah. What do you think? What do you guys think? Yeah. This art. is definitely art. Right. Go ahead. Well, go start. Well, you know what? No. No. Please. Right. So, um, I was at the store. I was talking to my friend, GF Harris. The comedy store. What store? G- the comedy the- store. <laughs> GF Harris. I'm in the park, and and we're um, I'm talking with with a young comic from New York, and uh-huh. you walk by, and I'm like, I want to impress. You know what I mean? This young comic from New York that I know Whitney Cummings. Sure. So I turn around and I go, what's up? And to you just keep fucking walking. Sure. To the back. Sure. Or where that wall is, right? Uh-huh. You don't say hello, nothing. Right. So now I'm blushing, right? So when Asians blush, we turn purple. <laughs> <laughs> we don't go pink. <laughs> and so um, I, I'm, I'm blushing. <laughs> and then finally you kind of go, what's up? You're like, you know what I mean? You can't come up. And then... You By the way, to, didn't you, this girl also have a wine stain on her face? That's right. So that's what that, that's the bone I want. That's the bone. But that's the bone I want to pick with you. Is I was watching you meet her, and you stared too much at her mole uh, or know, birthmark. Okay. You lock eye when you meet someone like that. You have you to lock eyes. You are literally coming on this podcast telling me I looked at someone's wine stain too long. <laughs> that's the only reason why I'm on here. I think it's rude. So it wasn't eyes. that I ignored you. Yeah. When you see a guy with no hand, Maybe you shake the other hand. Maybe if you had a wine stain on your face, right, I would actually the... pay attention to you. <laughs> Maybe you should get one. Yeah. Is it like a mark? Like uh, Here's what I'll say. I I mean, I'm sure we have to cut this out. But, Why? Or not. I think for she's me. She's hilarious. She's hilarious. Yeah. And I'm sure she acknowledges it in her set. Yeah. As someone whose face is ever evolving. And who every time I go to the comics where people look at my face, like, what's happening here now? <laughs> yeah. I'm fine with staring at people's faces. Mine gets stared at a lot. It gets Googled a lot. Yeah. Uh, but I there is this thing now where women like contour their makeup very hard. Uh. And so I think I it was like at night and I was just trying to understand what I was looking at. Mm. But the fact that you clocked me clocking it <laughs> says so much more. I was just trying to orient myself. Wait, wait. It says so much about me? Well, you, you, okay, this is what happened. You were staring at her wine stain too long and you felt shame for it. I walked up. I didn't know this person. I met her for the first time and I was like, duh, 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 go, duh, wine stain, got it. Uh, Harvey Weinstein, should we call him that from now on? <laughs> and then you now have been, you were watching me hoping I would fuck up. And you did. She probably looked at my face way longer than I looked at hers trying to figure out what she was dealing with. Okay. Well, that being said, I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> I apologize. But do you and... see the way you told that story? It was going in the direction of Whitney was going to ignore me and was being shitty and rude. Mm. 
and I was trying to impress this comic. Yeah, okay. And now we ended up just hurting her feelings by doing this podcast about no, it. No, no, first of all, I don't think we're hurting her feelings because mm -hmm. she is funny. Yeah. She has a skill set. Yeah. And um, she's beautiful as well. Beautiful face, beautiful everything. And um, I don't know. Why are you doing this? <laughs> anyway, can I... By the way, can we talk about the 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 wine state of a tattoo that's still on your arm that hasn't been finished yet? Okay, that's rude. I've That I've stared at a really yeah, long yeah, time yeah. because okay, I uh, think it's ugly. All right, but this right here is a reminder. It looks like the NBC logo. <laughs> well, I was getting this done when I was on an NBC show and then they canceled it, so I didn't finish it. Is that really <laughs> no, the truth? <laughs> An NBC show, you should have known it's gonna get canceled <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. soon thereafter. I have another one on my back that's a CB, and that's it. <laughs> so, um, I, I've, I, I, I've been seeing a psychiatrist for the first time. By the way, this is can I just tell you? Uh oh, am I getting too hard? Someone that is a professional comedian podcaster that just shows up like the way you do is such a dream. Why? Because I don't have to do anything. Oh, I'm sorry, in a good way. Like, do you see how he just come? He's like got story. He's right. He's like I this like like it's just a dream. I've had guests on mine a couple. Of, ah, I don't want to name names, but um, good comics, uh -huh. great comics, sure. And you go, what's going on? Good, and that's it. Mm -hmm. And that's the worst guest you can have. It's just it's like pulling teeth. And then and then when someone comes on and doesn't say a lot or doesn't have like a game plan or whatever, and then you end up having to pick up the slack and, and everyone's like, why do you talk so much? Why didn't you let the guest speak? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the so, psychiatrist you're going to, is no, this a new one? Because the old one should be released. No, I have released. a therapist. No, I have okay. a great therapist. Okay. She's great, but I've never seen a psychiatrist before. How long have you been with the therapist? For years. Okay. She's the best. And um, why? Because of the relapse? I'm joking. <laughs> It's like, you know, when people that have made no progress keep telling you about their therapist and you're like, I feel like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I feel like other people should be able to weigh in on if your therapist is good or not. Just you, not yeah, just you. Yeah. I mean, I know a lot of people that go, yeah, I'm working on myself, but they don't really. Mm -hmm. I hate that. Because um, a lot of people like the therapist because their therapist allows them to just come in and complain and re-embed their own trauma. And that's why they like them because they don't yeah. call the therapists that don't call them out on their shit. No, I, I prefer, I always have AA sponsors and therapists that are harsh on me because I can't, like, for instance, the last rehab I went to, which is a couple of weeks ago, they, every time I would exaggerate or I, no, and I would tell a joke, mm -hmm. they would go, stop, mm -hmm. we're not doing that, right? That's huge. And they know that that's my way of deflecting. That's my MO. Minimizing, self-deprecating. Yeah. And if I say, you know, I'm a fat, ugly guy, they're like, no, you're actually, um, an attractive person, you know what I mean? Like, so. And then I go, gotcha, sexual harassment, <laughs> call HR. Fuck that, we're suing this whole fucking rehab. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I usually have harsh people because I, I don't listen to anything else, anyone else. Really. That's that's what I need. And our relationship, I feel like, is very poignant, oddly, and deep because we're able to give each other really harsh feedback and we don't, um, it doesn't make, it doesn't push us away from each other. It makes. Well, that's what I love about you. And hate. No, I no, I strictly only love because the thing is, is you're the only one that, um, and you and Marin, Marin will do the same thing. Like stop that. Like if I'm like if I'm doing something where it's like um, maybe they're deflecting or I'm, you know, the thing that I do when I have a good set and mm -hmm. then you go good set and I go that wasn't a good set. Mm -hmm. You and Mark, so you're calling me a liar. No, you and Mark are. <laughs> You and Mark are always like, stop that. Because, because, but you know that we're not doing it from a place of dismissing. We're mm -hmm. doing it from a place of like, oh, you can break that pattern or that habit. So basically you and I, I feel like our, we went from like friends to like siblings when I was first able to go like, stop doing that thing. Mm. 
when, yeah. before you would go on stage. But I really appreciate it. Yeah. That's all I want to say. It's just like when someone calls us out on our shit, the emotional version of you have food in your teeth. Yeah. Of the like, I know you, I love you, I do the same thing you're doing, but you don't need to emotionally cut yourself around me. Yeah. When someone's able to do that in a way that isn't like trying to embarrass you in front of people or doesn't do it publicly, it's mm. more of just like a one-on-one thing. Yeah. But it's also you, you know, when you, you and I know, you when you rise in the business and stuff, people treat you a little differently at clubs and stuff. And then all of a sudden the new friends that you get, mm-hmm. it's based on a different, what they perceive who you are or whatever. And it's like not really that real. Right, right, right. But every once in a while you'll meet somebody like yourself and- I mean, I would have to say that you're bigger than I am. You just in, if you look. You calling me fat? Yeah. <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> but anyway, my point is, is that um, thank you. But I, I, I'm seeing the psychiatrist, and um, I think you have H. Well, I have many psychiatrists because when when you go to these um, treatment centers, they have psychiatrists too. I just got a second opinion, and they were, and she was basically, you have H- ADHD. Uh, do you do you have the touchy thing or no where you have to touch things three times so so this is this is i'm so glad you're here um we what are you doing what, i'm listening oh but why are you leaning that way we framed your camera perfectly <laughs> and you've so far sat on the back and you've leaned out Sorry. there's no way you can get my light we have rigged this in a way <laughs> you've worked with a lot of malignant narcissists as soon as i started doing my coverage you like leaned <laughs> away yeah um, no, but I just, to just give everybody context, like, you know, I know you talk about this like publicly, like you've been going through a lot. We both have been going through a Can lot. Can I just say one last thing real quick? Uh, uh, imagine Who the me fuck stalking has you. TV cameras in the fucking, this is like high tech. That's for teleprompters. Go ahead. So what, you guys read your ads off what, a sticky note? iPhone. Yeah, insane. <laughs> insane. Go ahead. Uh, but by the way, the, the quality of ad, of the fact that Blue Chew or Manscaped or any of these people pay you guys reading off your, barely reading an ad off your phone <laughs> Is it is the it is shocking to me. Yeah. As a minority, I expect more from you. <laughs> you have single-handedly destroyed the model minority stereotype. Yeah. Can I ask you a random question sure. about your vagina? Uh yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Please. Because I don't ever want to see it. I, I, no, I don't, not that it's grisly or a, monstros, a monstrosity, <laughs> but I'm just saying that I'm, I'm sure it's normal and very Christian looking. It's slightly but, cumbersome. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but um, you know, it's funny because I view you only as a friend sure there's no sexual nothing this you are you're this is the meanest thing you've ever said no i'm being why real. are you trying to hurt me okay. i'm not trying to hurt you i'm right. sure it's beautiful okay i'm sure it's as, like is any vagina beautiful or is any well, set some of, of them balls have jazz beautiful? hands i don't like the jazz hands you know what i mean when they go hey <laughs> i'm here i don't like that you know what i mean i like it when it's tucked you know what i mean and that's just my own preference tucked. Not tough, but like, like a, a little flower penis. is fine. A little flower is fine. Okay, what kind but, of flower? Are we talking a peony? Are we talking an impatient? Are we talking an well, orchid? Well, because of the Ukraine thing, sunflower. The sunflower <laughs> is mine's a nice more one. of like a like a like a honeysuckle <laughs> or like a morning glory. Yeah, yours is more like with those traps. <laughs> What do you call the, the Venus slide trap? trap. <laughs> I was going to say a guacamole trap for some reason. I don't yeah, know yeah. why. Because they're like those big green things. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. is it is it sexual harassment or is it weird if I ask like a friend who's a just a, a girl? Because yeah. I've seen all my guy friends' penis as a comic. You know what I mean? Where? Wouldn't be everywhere. Yeah, what are you yeah, talking yeah, about? Yeah, where? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, the Pittsburgh Improv. I mean, yeah, everywhere. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> everywhere on a roller coaster. You know what I mean? It doesn't. Yeah, yeah. It's improv. Yes, and yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah so, yeah. um, 
But it's like I have female oh, friends roller coaster. That, yeah, that I don't have any sexual desires or anything. Uh-huh. I just as a friend, I would just love to see their genitals. That's all. Sure, 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 sure. But is it because of the climate and stuff you can't ask? I've never <laughs> asked, and it's weird, right? Because of the climate, because it's the climate. It's hot and stuffy down there. It's, <laughs> it's too hot for so, me to show you my pussy. Right the now, climate right now is just it's Global too warming. hot outside. <laughs> yeah. Um, I feel like I've shown you. You've seen my boobs. I feel like. Yeah. I've seen, yeah. Yeah. They're pretty good. Not the new ones. You have new ones. <laughs> No, I, uh, I don't think I've seen. I, I don't think I've. Dicks seen are easier to whip out and put back in. Oh, that's Vaginas, what it is. like yeah. by the time you show it to someone as a joke, yeah. you've like caught a disease. Right, it's an open wound. Like you can't. There, dick. Like that's my whole thing. Whenever it's like he just like pulled his dick out, it's like it's a very easy thing to do to pull your dick out. Yeah, but you know? I'm not asking to see the lips or the sure, hole. Sure, sure. Where I'm just asking to see just the en- entry part. You know how you see like a beautiful house. When people, you want to, you'd love to see what's inside, but it's like you just drive by. And go, you want to do like a house. drive by and just see the shutters. Yeah, that's right. You just want to. Okay, but I want to see you, what style it is. What kind of house is this modern? There is, is a it, limit you know? to how close you can be to a platonic friend of the opposite sex if you haven't seen their genitals. Yeah, it is. It is wild because it's like <laughs> if I don't know what you're working with, it is hard to advise you on many things. So, yeah. like for example, I remember a girlfriend of mine who. Uh, um, I, you know, I'm just going to say her name. Fuck it. Stephanie Zimbari. Uh, we were like, we're a girlfriend. She opened for me on the road for a, a, a while. It's a good friend. And we're like touring together. And she's like having all these like guy problems and this and this. And then one time we were in Soul Cycle and I saw her completely naked. And I was like, wait, had I known this was your body, I would have given you different advice this whole time. <laughs> What do you mean? And what I was do you like, mean? do not text him back. You are totally. I just hadn't seen her like fully right. naked, and it's like she just has the most incredible body, like most incredible like tits, like incredible. Like she had this like like pubes everywhere. I was like, bitch, you like she had pubes everywhere. You should. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you know, I just mean like when I saw her naked, I was like, you don't need to play any games with any guy. They should be. I just hadn't seen what she was working right. with. Right. And I know that sounds insane. That sounds insane. Well, it was like Emily. The first time I saw Emily, yeah. I've known her for eight years. And then I, all of a sudden we discovered that she's got giant, like big pendulous we, naturals. We discovered. We all discovered. <laughs> we discovered at the same time. We yeah. all discovered that Emily she's has kids. And I'm like, I'm like, I would have dealt with you completely differently these past right. eight years yeah, knowing yeah, yeah. that you had these like honkers. I was like, you're a bully now. Like I used to feel like, like you were allowed to have low self-esteem, but now that I've seen your tits, like how dare you, yeah. you know? Like, so it's like, it, it's stuff like that. I, if I, it's like when you find out one of your guy friends has like a giant dick, you're like, mm-hmm. I, I like it. Just changes you. It changes the way well, you advise them, you view them. I was okay with Pauly Shore until I saw his penis. Is he have a giant dick? It's not just giant. It it does this. Is it the oh. size of a weasel? <laughs> it, it, it it you know it's like a you know how you go to Magic Mountain. There's that one ride. You're like, ah, nope. You nope. It's like that. Nope. Yep. And it's so veiny. <gasps> It's By the like, way, can you? Put, I want to do a master class with comedians where they think they're making sense, but it's just more confusing. <laughs> so, like, you're trying to, you're like, you know how, like, when you go on a roller coaster and it's like, no. Let me explain better about Polly's dick then. Okay. All right. So, let's see. This is the dick. Do you want to explain who Polly Shore is first <laughs> yeah. for the listeners? Okay. If you love son-in-law, if you love in the army now, in the, yeah. Encino Man Fine. is a banger. I like that one. Um, biodome, not so much. But anyway, so this is a penis, right? No. Nope. <laughs> okay, no. no. All right, so um, let me just draw it, okay? Okay. So, um, uh, Isn't it weird that we know each other really well, but I've never seen your handwriting? Yeah. So, um, 
Okay, that is a penis. Oh. Okay. By the way, you can tell that Bobby's uh, uh, podcast, that's not, no, that's not politics. Tiger I'm Belly and Bad Friends, are very highly viewed on YouTube because he only mimes. He doesn't. There's no <laughs> yeah. audio experience when Bobby's. I try to fucking do it with a hand, man. That's not an audio experience. You have to oh, explain. Right. What about just someone just listening? Okay, sorry. Our our demo is not only YouTube trolls like yours. <laughs> all, right. all right. So anyway, um. I, I don't know how to explain this, but this is By the way, a you standard. Have the, you have the palest fan base of anyone I know. Every time someone comes up to me looking like they have scurvy after one of my shows, I'm like, that's a Tiger Belly fan. Okay, okay, all right. That's rude. Your don't fans that, work friend. nights. Okay, so here. So that's a regular penis, right? That's not a regular penis. <laughs> Wait, hold yeah. on. So this isn't Bobby. That's just, mine. Actual size. Bobby okay? just drew a photo of a penis, and this, and he fully goes through the world thinking this is the shape of a penis. I don't know how Why to help you. Standing on the ball. Yeah. Why? Well, it's not. <laughs> the ball. Okay, this is an erect penis. To be clear, and why did you add wrinkles? Like, why does it have crow's feet? Okay, now you're drawing. What is that? I can I can draw a picture of my vagina if you want me to. Okay, and I can draw a this picture of what, what penis. I don't know. What else, I don't know how. Else. Okay, Polly's dick is a, a Siamese twins. <laughs> Uh, why does it? No. It's a. It's, a, it's, it's twisted. Okay. Okay. Like it's a ride. Why is it a centaur? I have no idea. I never asked him why. Is it, did, did it go to some wars? Is it a purple heart? I didn't I ask didn't, him that. So because <laughs> it's just been through a lot. So you're you're not saying it's big. You're it's saying big. it's been. It's it's um sinewy. It's also. It's not okay. It is very thick and very long and very big. Okay. Very it's, thick, very long. Very it's big. like an average black man's dick. I think. Copy that. But why right. is it all twisted up? I think it's all the wars. But can I say about the veins? All right. Okay. Every vein that's in the penis is you can see. What rehab so did you go to? Because I'd like to. I'd like to write a Yelp review. <laughs> I, I think. I think we need to go back to one. Do we do twenty? Do we do thirty days? I think we might want to do ninety. Okay. Okay. So this is Polly's so, dick. Yeah. Is he cool with you talking about this? Yeah. And how? What? What context have you seen his dick in? Many contexts. Okay. Have you seen it hard? No, that's the scary part. See, that's the oh. thing about all you guys. You've seen each other's dick, but not hard. But then that's a different relationship. You know what I mean? If my, yeah. fr if my, my friend, you want to see my dick and it's hard, it, it just changes the relationship <laughs> right there. It's like, dude, don't call me for a couple of years. Can I ask you about something? Yeah. What is up with guys that like to have threesomes that are friends? I've done that. I know. Have you? Nope. Oh, it's the, if, if you, you. It's the what? <laughs> God, I, I'm getting emotional. Am I? No, I'm, I'm, I'm literally getting emotional. No, but I'm just curious. Like, no, I know a lot of guys that are friends and they'll have threesomes with girls together and I just don't see how that's not awkward. If I saw someone having sex with Emily, I would kill myself. Okay, okay. And her too. You're so... Everyone would die. Your mind is closed, friend. My mind is closed. Yeah, and your heart is closed. Copy that. Yeah, in every aspect. I your hope it is. I'm trying that. Okay. That's something I've worked very hard at. You have to, once in your life, have sex with three comedians. With one of my friends? You have to do it with ugly people. Like me, guys, ugly guys. The women is beautiful. Okay. So so then, so anyone, anyone that's so having a threesome with you, they already know that they you think they're ugly. No, no, no. But then the how guy do you has get, to be ugly. But why would you want to fuck? Isn't the whole point of a threesome is that everyone's hot and you want to fuck everyone there? When you're a comedian, right, the, the options are like small, right? There's, you By know, the way, do you think this is small? Yeah. The hole that you yeah, just yeah, made yeah, yeah, yeah. is not small. I'm on, on your hand, you, guy comics I would that are good looking are not a lot. Jezelneck, uh -huh. right? You got Jeff Dye, uh -huh. cutie. <laughs> cutie. Jeff Dye is cutie. Okay. Right? There's that one guy from Canada that's I love the really when tall guys guy. talk about other guys that are hot. It's like my, I love watching football games with guys solely because they'll be like, 
He's handsome. He's a good looking guy. Yeah, like yeah. I love hearing this. Yeah, I love to admit it too. But um, but, but this is fascinating because I think that any guy who is like funny and confident and on stage, I can fall in love with, and I think that's handsome. The number one thing every woman says about what they want in a man is sense of humor. That's mm-hmm. so not true. It is that you're gonna make me angry. <laughs> that's oh, so not oh, fucking because that's you so weren't not- angry before. You know the worst thing was even as a hmm. young comic when I lived in La Jolla. Okay, so, right. I'd have. How do you think you got Kalila? Mm-hmm. Because she has that jawline, <laughs> <laughs> those cheekbones. Yeah, yeah. Fuck you. <laughs> let, let it, women it, do like a sense of humor. Okay, fine. Some women, <laughs> okay. some fucking women. All right, but I'm just saying. I, as a young guy, I was always funny, funnier than everyone else. Uh-huh. Right, and I would have. Gr- <laughs> You mean before you got into comedy? Yeah, yeah, okay, but yeah, comparatively to other the best comics in the world, I'm yeah. okay. Yeah. But anyway, you fucker, are no fuckhead. You know that I think you're one of the yeah, funniest I can, people on I planet. Will, I can follow anyone on planet Earth, and that's all I know. Mm-hmm. If you put your hand in my camera one more time, yeah. I, uh, <laughs> so sorry. I apologize for your show. I'm all right. So what? Oh, I, I, I had a, my train of thought, and you. Oh, so, oh yeah. You so, were running a train. So, no, no, so, on in a threesome. <laughs> So no, but I'm gonna I'm gonna get to that in a second. But um, this is like a meth conversation. When you when you're on meth, <laughs> I've never done meth. Oh well, I've done Adderall. Yeah, I've had Adderall. I know, but real meth, like ice. I've never meth, done right? real meth. When you're with two guys and you're doing meth, you write down what you want to talk about <laughs> so you don't forget. That's what I do all the time. Just I know. Normally, I was I was. Can I just finish my fucking thing? Sure. In my early twenties, right? I was always good. There was this girl, I can't name her name, right? And she was, and I had a crush on her and I made a move. She goes, I just want to be friends. Just say it. It's fine. We're, we we can speak freely here. You just talked about so Polly Shore's mo- dick for, in a three girl months wine later, So three months later, she, she she meets this another guy. She's like, I can't wait to meet you, meet my friend, my new boyfriend, Ralph. And I go, yeah. She's like, he's hilarious like you. And then you meet the guy and he's so not funny. He's like the, yeah. yeah and, and women are always, I've, I've had, 20 experiences like that, right? Where someone says this guy's exactly like you, his personality. Or they're just funny or you're going to get along. They're super funny. And then you go, no, no. not funny at all well, in any way. The girl's version of that is, oh, my God, my friend looks exactly like oh. you. And you're oh. like, here we go. This yeah. is going to hurt my feelings. And they show you a picture of just like an actual sweet potato. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So let's go Let's go to the threesome with threesome. Sorry, with, I was drawing uh, my vagina. It has, I'm, I need to focus. It does not look like that. That does not look like my vagina. There's no You're way. right, you're right. Yeah, yeah. That is not. Yeah. That looks like an... Or a pegalo. Yeah. It's more like this. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> so when you're having, hooking up with three comics in a room. Threesomes, I, like there's. Like, you will laugh here's harder than you've ever laughed I, in your life. But I don't, but that's not, sex isn't funny to me. It's embarrassing. And the idea of a comedian, being naked around other comedians, like when you're supposed to be like, feel like as a woman having sex I just feel like it's too vulnerable I don't want to be vulnerable around comedians you know this is my whole thing about how I don't think I'll ever be able to get married because how am I going to say like sincere vows in front of comedians <laughs> I am i won't yeah I literally I've been engaged I think my engagement was broken off because I started thinking about the vows I was just yeah, like yeah. how am I going to sincerely <laughs> talk a, like open my heart to somebody and cry in front of comedians mm. but having sex with somebody Oh, because that's, and that's sex not intimate with three to people, you. Got it. I'm with three to other people are different. It's like, you know, NFL players, they still go home and play Madden. Why? Madden? Madden. Madden. <laughs> John Madden. It's a video game about football. I think we have a football. language barrier, Bobby. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how to say Madden. I, I, G, any G words. <laughs> I, I would rather play Madden, quite frankly. <laughs> Madden. 
Um, so you, as a, you can, you know, sex is different. You know, masturbation is different than having sex with a loved one. Having sex with a bunch of comics is different than having sex with a loved one. It's different. You go into it with a different mentality. You don't go, I'm going to come. You go, I'm going to laugh my ass off. But that's not for sex. That's, that's, you go, is that because you, we've been robbed of the ability to enjoy comedy because we're comics that you have to go to sex for your humor? Yeah. But dude, I'm not, a, I don't think sex, I don't believe in sex being funny. Like when I go to porn now and I see all these like funny sketches where <laughs> someone is roller skating, they trip and fall on a dick and it's like, oh, like yeah. the I love Lucy of porn. I don't think, I, I don't, Get that. Yeah, but imagine. Sex is serious to me. <laughs> yeah, but imagine, uh, you know, let's say you, me, let's give you a third comment, Brian Scalaro. Because if, if you me. laugh at a here's here's what it is. If you laugh at a woman during sex, yeah. I'm not sexy or pretty. Like, I have walked out before in, like, lingerie. Like, the first time I was able to have money and I'm, like, with a guy and I buy lingerie and I put it on and I I, I got it, I get it wrong or whatever. And yeah. it's just, like, I look like I'm, like, David Carradine hanging myself with a fishnet or whatever. <laughs> and the guy was dating laughed. Yeah. And that was like the most humiliating. It uh, left like such a mark. The idea of a woman trying to be sexy and someone laughing yeah. is too traumatic. Okay. But imagine this, you're laying on when your back. When you had threesomes <laughs> with a guy, a comedian and a girl, did she like that you were just laughing at her pussy? Yeah, because she was laughing at my dick first. <laughs> but then like why pulled, would you want to have sex? Because, listen, I pulled my penis out and she burst. You popped it out. Yeah, I popped it out. Yeah, okay. But she burst into like, holding her side, going on the ground and just convulsing laughing, which made me and the other- Which means the man, roofies had not kicked in yet. <laughs> and you needed to- Yeah. But and, that was, and I started laughing so hard. And the other guy comic laughed so hard. It's We spent laughing for 45 minutes. That's and my dick is still out. Then you have in coitus? And then we had intercourse later. It was great. You have to try it. But no, because we're 50. I'm 50. I guess I'm realizing that sex for me is more of a means to an end. <laughs> it's not like a joyful, like, yeah. let's have fun. It's like, uh, I, I don't, I can't look you in the eye and apologize for that thing I did wrong. So I guess I'm going to, you know, it's like, yeah. it's more of a healing, uh, <laughs> like, chore mm -hmm. than it is like a recreational yeah. hobby. Well, I, this was 20 years ago, and I don't do that anymore. Because to me, sex, I feel like, has so many... It, it, yeah. Yeah, that, yeah. I, there's no... It's no I, I love laughing during sex. Like, what, um, uh, like an ex of mine, The one of the hardest times I've ever laughed is when I told him, like, I want you one time during sex to call me a pig and see if we can get through without laughing. Yeah. Like, don't tell me when you're going to do it. <laughs> Four months later, we're in Hong Kong <laughs> and had had some like weird brandy. And he was like, take it, you fucking pig. And I, we laughed for like three days. Yeah, yeah. It was on the fun. That's what I'm talking about. That's hilarious. Y that's what I'm talking about. But it can't be f LOLs from the jump. I'd be, uh, I'd be embarrassed. Okay. I'm too sensitive. To each his own. I'm too sensitive. Okay. I get insecure. Yeah, but you know what? Because, I, you know, I've gone to deep therapy and I'm, you deep know. Deep therapy? <laughs> can I tell you what happened to me in the last couple of months? Sure. Did you know? I will respond to your texts any minute. Yeah. Do I know what happened to you the last couple of months? Yeah, but the last month, did you know, like, like um, a little over a month ago, did you know what happened? I feel, I, 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 I. I the it's always the right time deal. Hey, want to go to Mickey D's for lunch? Ooh. Let's go now. <laughs> but it's not lunchtime yet. If we're going to McDonald's, it's always the right time. Yeah, it's hard to argue with that. 
There's a deal for every lunch hour at McDonald's. Now's the time to get two for $3.99. Mix and match a four-piece McNuggets, a McDouble, a McChicken, or a hot and spicy McChicken. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. I almost, I felt like I was going to die. Mm-hmm. I, um, I started cop. <laughs> <laughs> You're such a fucking asshole. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What a fucking bitch, dude. You're a bitch witch. You're a a skanky bitch, bitch witch. Oh, we now take a break. Oh, you're good at that. That was good. Thank you. Why are you just deep throating on an imaginary dig over there? Oh, because it has to be imaginary. Once again, that's good. <laughs> Once again, not a burn. Once again, thank you, mom. <laughs> I hate that for the self-esteem. Speaking of, thanks, mom. This, this podcast, podcast is sponsored, sponsored by BetterHelp. If it's not one thing, it's your, it's mother. your mother. Or your Whitney. <laughs> BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can start communicating in under 48 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not a self-help line. It's professional therapy done securely online. If you're in a crisis, don't call BetterHelp. They don't, that's not, that's not what they do. We'll put Whitney's cell phone number on the bottom of the screen for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Call call me for those matters. <laughs> call you. She'll give you a bigger crisis. <laughs> I'll show you crisis. I'll show you a crisis. That's a good crisis line idea. <laughs> I'm in a crisis. I'll show you a crisis. Oh, you think that's Ukraine a Ukraine and Russia. Okay, good point. It's a, I just give you perspective and convince you that your crisis isn't that big of a deal. That's genius. <laughs> You'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as with traditional therapy. I have to say, I the more that we talk about BetterHelp on this podcast, people come up to me and say that it's changed their life. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches, so they make it easy and free to change therapists if needed. It's more affordable than traditional offline therapy, and financial aid is available. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. Special offer for Good For You listeners. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash Whitney. You better help yourself to better help. Because look, I would like to call BetterHelp. Uh, I don't know. Does this count as something that I should call about? <laughs> I'm dating a man that is nine years my junior. Is that how you say it? Mm-hmm. Nine years younger than me. Mm-hmm. And I had a scab. On, I, have a, I have a scab on the side of my arm. And I go, I was like, does this look bad? He goes, oh, is that a liver spot? <laughs> that's called, you should both be single now. That's, that's called that's, emotional abuse. That's called emotional I'm so shocked he said that. <laughs> he was joking. I'm so disappointed But I can't stop thinking about it. And then he just texted me. I, I was like, how, how goes it? And he wrote back, just trying to get through this old day. How was the pod? Is he attacking you? I think maybe. I'm going to have a talk with him. DoorDash. Now, look, I know, <laughs> I know what you're thinking. <laughs> this girl, if she is nothing if not wife material. Like, ugh, if she made a brisket, I would gobble up. <laughs> <laughs> look, yes. Am I incredible at making chicken cordon bleu? Of course I am. <laughs> That doesn't mean she wants to. Can I make a banana flan in my sleep? (laughs) But I don't have that kind of time, okay? I have stuff to do. I have myself to Google, okay? That's why I use DoorDash, okay? 
along with the restaurants you love, you can get groceries. <gasps> other essential items. You can get drinks, snacks, and other household items in under one hair. Oh, craving late night ice cream? For that was not a innuendo. <laughs> Forget that the one key ingredient for your dinner, where's the cilantro? Where's the cordon? Uh, where's the nutmeg? Or maybe you just need to stock up for the week. With DoorDash, get everything in one app. With over 300,000 partners, you can support your neighborhood go-to's or <laughs> Wait, choose- why are you talking about me? <laughs> Just because I've had 300,000 partners? Are you trying to shame me? Oh my God, I'd love to have 300,000 partners. <laughs> With over 300,000 partners, you can support your neighborhood go-tos or choose from your favorite national tri or choose from your favorite national restaurants like Popeye's, Chipotle, and Cheesecake Factory. Maybe we shouldn't have let her door dash that Mike's Heart Lemonade <laughs> earlier. Ordering is easy and your items will be left safely outside your door when you choose contactless delivery drop-off. Easy peasy. For a limited time, our listeners can get 25% off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code GFY. That's 25% off, up to $10 value, and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code GFY. They'll, don't forget, that's code GFY for 25% off your first order with DoorDash. Subject to change, term supply. Speaking of meals, cooking, family events. Where are you going with this? Get get Easter! Easter's coming up. Easter's coming up. What a drag. And Easter, you know how Easter, you know how Easter goes. Every year you wait for Jesus, never comes. Never comes. <laughs> no, this is not an ad for Blue Chew. Uh, <laughs> uh, yes, story of my life. Once a year waiting for a man to show up and he never does. Oh, Jesus. Ooh. We've decided that this Easter, we're not gonna, we're not gonna let y'all just like go to a boozy brunch, go mm -hmm. home and watch the Tinder swindler, mm -hmm. you know, and then DMing him asking if he can hang. We're not going to let you make bad decisions mm -hmm. this year. Mm -hmm. We are going to be live doing a live podcast April 17th for Easter. Live Easter pod. Live online Hop Easter. On. Hop, Hop on, on over. over. <laughs> we on April 17th are going to be doing a live Po exclusive online podcast. We've never done a live podcast before for a bunch of reasons, mostly because <laughs> anxiety. I can't, yeah, <laughs> mostly because panic attacks, at night terrors, um, and a litany of other addictions. We're gonna have to be real drunk. We're gonna find a way for me to curl my hair an hour before the show so I can actually be here on time and so that my OCD doesn't completely take over and sabotage my future. So we're gonna try to do a live show on Easter. It's gonna happen. You guys can send picture pictures. Send your dick pics. <laughs> we like feet. Send photos, videos. We're going to answer anything you ask, but we have to be more specific. Where are they going to ask it? Ahead of time? or You can ask. We're going to take questions in advance and live. We're going to have, I mean, everybody knows what this is. The Segura does it. All, everyone does this. Why are we explaining the concept of a live podcast? You guys get it. I'm just in a panic. Okay. And so go to momenthouse.com slash good for you. It's being put on by Moment House. You can buy tickets there and you can buy them now, April 17th. We'll see you live online event. We can't wait. Don't embarrass yourself. This she's, weekend. She's I, talking to herself. I am going to be, you dressed me today. So I'm already <laughs> consumed with humiliation. I love it. 
Um, come see me live if you want to do my comedy yuck yuck. Still trying to get love from my dead dad in Portland, Maine at the Merrill Auditorium on March 18th. March 19th, I'm in New Hampshire at Colonial Theater. March 25th, I'm going to be in New Haven, Connecticut, College Street Music Hall. Not playing any music, but my shrill voice is harmonious. April 1st, oops, Austin, Texas. Paramount Theater, April 2nd, I'm going to be in Dallas. March 26th, I'm going to be in Albany. WhitneyCummings.com. I shouldn't have to read all these things to you because I'm dyslexic. And you all know that. And this is exhausting. And I'm going to get lockjaw. Back to our guest. Um, I knew that. Um, can we pitch gravestone ideas for Bobby? <laughs> um, so I knew. I knew. I you're knew, such a bitch. I'm not, I, hate I knew you. you were coming on the podcast. I knew we were going to talk about some really heavy shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And as someone that has been incredibly, uh, that loves you like a. Um, brother that truly considers you family and someone that's been so worried and scared and loves you. I knew we were going to talk about this today, yeah. but, but I, that, that, that's why I brought up Polly Shore's dick. Okay, Just a, a little yeah, levity, yeah, yeah. a little you, levity. You know, you know, I you, opened with Polly, you know, that's funny. Right, right. I, I opened with a couple, you know, so yes. And listen, I, I, we don't have to talk about the whole fucking time. I just want to well, check in with you. I would love to talk about it. I just um, love you. And I'm cutting tension with typing <laughs> silly. And I'm sorry. <laughs> you I'm almost gonna, died. We I get know. it. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> can I just bleh. tell you what happened? Yes. So what happened was I um when Bob died, I was still I was so I was doing like 2,000, 3,000 milligrams mm -hmm. of edibles a day. Yeah. Smoking 24 hours a day and drinking. And um by the time he died, you, you had to built up to that. I built up to that. Because here's something that I think is just we're just worth talking about of, you know, is people that are both in programs that are both trying to stay emotionally sober. Like, I think that, you know, as someone that very publicly, I think you saw had a, struggled with edibles over the pandemic, uh, ruined one of my friends um, online Zoom memorials because uh, I was so high on edibles. Um, uh, that That's the thing that I can't really take. Mm. And currently, that is my allergy. But you also go, in 10 years, maybe that'll change. It's one day at a time. For now, the, the edibles don't work for me. And as someone that, you know, has been, you know, sober, there is this thing where you go like, okay, for now, this doesn't work for me, but I maybe in 10 years, I'll experiment with smoking weed or, yeah. and you see people who can or can't or, but there is like that period where you're like, I've been sober for a while. Let me just try to see if I could do this like a gentleman now with all this recovery. Was that yeah. how it kind of started? Yeah, but also what I realized through, this is, I've been told this by many therapists and, and psychiatrists, because I've been in two rehabs in the last couple of months. Mm -hmm. uh, they say that uh, when somebody has PTSD or extreme trauma and they do weed, it does the adverse effect, right? So I became manic and I become, um, I can't eat or sleep. So, um, but I was smoking cigarettes. I mean, I've been smoking since I was 18. So when Bob died, I started coughing up chunks of blood in my mucus and it was like dark blood and all the time. And I would send it to Kalila cause she's a nurse and stuff. And I'm just like, am I dying? She's like, what the fuck? You know? Stop sending me Whitney's nudes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, she wasn't like, is that Whitney's, uh, you know what I mean? <laughs> Period blood, you know, no, I go, that's from my lungs, you know? And so, you know, when you're using, not sleeping, you're not eating, mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden your friends die, and then Louis died. I used to open for Louis. Louis used, you know, Anderson, you're friends with Louis. Yeah, yeah, one of the greatest, nicest guys in the world. And um, I just became, I started thinking about death a lot. And I was like, and I convinced myself I was dying mm. because I was coughing up blood. And then 
I could not leave my bed I, for weeks. I couldn't, I canceled everything. I canceled 18 weekends on the road. You know what I mean? I did, I, I, I said, I'm fucked. And let me ask you, like, what was it? Cause I remember, you know, being around you when like smoking weed and stuff. And it was like, oh, like this is someone that has worked so hard in program. This is someone who like a lot of the emotional wounds, you've worked really hard to heal. You're in this incredible relationship. You have, you and I both, I think, bond strongly over making this business, Hollywood, TV, movies, whatever it is, our higher power and this one too many, a million, not enough. Even if we do get a TV show, it's like, well, I, it's, it's not good. And now I'm embarrassed. Like we live in this constant state of shame and embarrassment and we allow, we, we cut ourselves with this business. We allow it. We have the Stockholm syndrome with it. So we're in this kind of like, like uh, loop with no matter how much success we get, we still, it's either not enough or not the right kind, or we feel like we're accidentally shaming our peers by being successful. If we are successful, we're apologetic and embarrassed about it. <laughs> yeah. And if we're not, we're fucking miserable and feel rejected. So I used to do bad auditions and I would go to my car. I would take a bottle of water and smash my head over the head until I was smash bleeding. Smash your head over the head. No, smash the bottle over my head yeah. until I was bleeding. I would punish myself physically yeah. for mistakes or when I would, you know, and that's because when I was a kid, I mean, I, I know this is a comedy podcast and people are listening no. like, oh, here we go. This is a, no, don't you know worry. I mean? this, yeah. we've here made, we go this, with the dark stuff. But, um, so, you know, I, you know, when I was born, you know, I just was unsafe. You know, my dad used to beat everyone with golf clubs mm -hmm. and chasing everyone around, knocking my mom's teeth out. I mean, this is what I witnessed, so right? you got free dental care, got it. <laughs> Right. <laughs> Why did you laugh? I'm sorry. I know, but it was funny. It was. I liked it. But I know what it's like. I, yeah, I feel you fucking witch bitch. I feel uniquely <laughs> like when when you're sharing something really emotional mm. as a comedian, it's yeah. like it's it's hard. So tell me if I should stop. No, no, because online also people go. But I don't want you to feel like you're like I'm on Whitney's podcast, so I have to be emotional. And no, no, no. Sad, I'm gonna be because I don't give a fuck. Okay. I don't give a fuck. Right. I wish so. you'd act like that before you go on stage. That's the no. that's the Bobby that I just. I no longer give a fuck because okay. uh, I'm going to tell you what happened. You man. should give fuck. more. You should give more of a fuck about your hair because that's a bummer. <laughs> what you're doing right now <laughs> that you can improve. Okay. Okay. So so so, so I remember so, this happening, and then did you feel like it was as soon as you heard the news about Saget, then it was like. Well, without the bloody bloody, you know what I mean, mucus. You know what I mean. I I think I would have been able to just ride it a little uh, longer, but because you had proof, you were like I also couldn't breathe. Mm -hmm. Like I couldn't breathe. Every time you, even if people would listen to me on podcasts, like there's something wrong with his breathing. Mm -hmm. Like he's breathing and coughing. It's weird, you know? So it's like, and it got to the point where I couldn't breathe at all. Like, you know, I, I'm fucking dying. So anyway, I have, by the way, I have 35 days, no cigarettes, no weed, no alcohol, wow. no porn, wow. nothing. Okay. Broke your streak. <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, um, so I, 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 I went, Kalila was laying next to me and it was like four in the morning and I looked at her and I go, I need help. I need, I'm going to die. And I went to a, a, a rehab a mill. You know what a rehab mill is? A puppy mill? <laughs> yeah, it's like a puppy mill, but for rehab. Mm -hmm. So now all these, you can Google it. All these rehabs are being bought by corporations. Yeah. Right and by now, like Purdue, that's, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the guys that put out Oxycontin were like, we really should get in the rehab business. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So they bought, you know what I mean? So it's like, instead of like, we're going to treat these people, we're going to get as many people in and as many people out. Yeah. And I went to one of those. I I, I showed up. They're like, just go in that room. I laid next and to- And how did you, what was your, do you mind if I just get granular about like, what did you do? Obviously you are sol- financially solvent. Like, but like, what did you just go- ask your therapist for a suggestion because sometimes when people that go to rehab run their own thing it's like you're not well i did i mean like a gross guy I, i'm a gross guy because i'm go, like i'm just gonna like go to the first seasons for a couple days <laughs> yeah, sweat no, it no, out I went, where this uh, no i actually asked where the celebrities go yeah i'm gonna go <laughs> and they go this place and they, they named me this guy you know years ago this person this person but what yeah. i didn't realize and what no one realized is that place was bought out by a corporation, so they got rid of like high end mm-hmm. and just say, let's just get everyone in, right? Mm-hmm. So no one goes there anymore, right? Yeah. So I was laying next to a naked 60 year old man going through alcohol withdrawal, and our beds were like literally. Where was this? I can't tell you what. Okay, place okay, okay, okay. I don't wanna. But like, I say, it wasn't in California. It, it was an in house place. Got it. And this guy was literally going, screaming at the top of his like, ah! Just screaming at the top of his lungs. And I'm just going, what the fuck? And then I see a kid being dragged by his hair. He's like, I'm going to fucking gouge your eyes with fucking ice picks. And like people just wandering around in hospital garbs, not knowing to go. And I, and I have to be here for fucking 30 days. So I, I, I got out. You left. Yeah. And so I went to another place. Which is it just really quick. Is it's and, and I'm not trying to ask where, what, where it was, but, you know, in my experience with this kind of stuff, it's like, if you're like, I'm going to choose a place that's close to home, you probably will be able to leave if you need to, you know? So sometimes I was advised the first time I did, uh, was involved in an intervention with somebody who needed to go to rehab. They basically were like, the first one's going to be a wash. Don't don't spend money on the first one because they're going to leave. <laughs> they're going to go, fuck this shit. Yeah, Detoxing yeah. is a nightmare. Yeah, that's interesting. So just don't spend, because then you're just going to get resentful and you're and you're going to waste all this money and the health insurance stuff by going to a rehab that, because rehab's so prohibitively expensive. Oh my God. You know? Yeah. So the first one usually, not that that's your first, whatever, but just like the first one's probably not going to take anyway because they're just going to go, I'm going to get the fuck out of here. And they can't make you stay unless you've been 51, 50 or in a conservatorship. That's interesting. Yeah. This one's in the middle of a desert that was hard to leave. Sure. So you're at a, Burning a, Man. I think it's just Burning Man, what you're describing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was Coachella. Same no, general yeah, 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 vibe. Yeah. yeah. Uh, um, so you were just like, fuck this, not doing this. Well, they wouldn't let me leave and then I had to call my lawyer. Sure. They wouldn't let me leave. But so, so I had to stay there for four days. And it, it, and they had to, they, so you, sh- you know, I was on weed and alcohol, right? Because you were detoxing, which is sometimes a separate from. But three times a day, you'd have to wait in this line and they would give you a bowl just filled with pills. Mm-hmm. And I go, what the fuck? They're like, just take it. You take like 15 pills. I don't know what fuck is in it. You didn't know what they were. Now, yeah, now I know it's Ativan, Valium, all these fucking things, right? Gabapentin, all these things. Yeah. Right? It's a wild when you get more drugs in rehab than it's, it's you were insane. on before. Yeah. So I'm like now walking around this place for four days with a bunch of teenagers just smoking cigarettes in a soccer field in the middle. Like it's fucking breakfast club. My, my question is, what are the teenagers saying about you? Like, I love it when I'm like, I was in this place with all these weirdos and they have the same story. They're like, and there was this fucking guy with long hair smoking cigarettes. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. trying to leave. No, like, no, no. They were, no in- they were like Nosotros Papaya. They were like Tiger Belly people. They were like your fans. You went to rehab no, people and just, all no, your fans No, no, not all of them, but like there's like maybe 30 teenage kids. Maybe three or four of them would go, you know I mean? I love Kalila. What's going on? You know this. You know what I mean? So it's just, you know. It you, is so funny that you went to rehab and it was Tiger Belly fans. Yeah, there's a couple. <laughs> I'm sure there was a couple Whitney fans as well. All right. 
You have fans there too. Fuck. fuck. That is so God. funny. So anyway, like what? Well, why is this a surprise? I know. I'm just that there are fucking two or three people that fucking rehab that know who the fuck I am. Sorry. It's like when I went to Crazy Girls on Sunset when I first started being on TV. And yeah. I was like, and everyone's like, what's it like being like famous? And I was like, I don't really feel that famous. I can go to the airport. I can go to the grocery store. Like I didn't like, and, and me and Zoe Lister-Jones went to Crazy Girls, which is a, not even a strip club. It's like a bikini bar. It's like the girls that don't make it to the fully nude ones. Like they don't book the audition. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. So they go to this bikini bar. <laughs> yeah. And like half of them are pregnant. Like they've got tampon strings hanging out. And they play the best like 90s hip hop music. And Zoe and I went in there. Every girl that worked there as the, like a bikini bar stripper girl. They're yeah. like, Whitney! Yeah. yeah. I was like, oh, this is why I'm famous. Yeah, you're on a network TV show and you're also walking in with a fucking co-star. I know, but it was like, it was like strippers. What a this surprise. This is my demo. They have televisions too, believe you're it or not. You're missing the point. <laughs> uh, I, I want to gouge your eyes out. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> you're a witch bitch. Anyway, um, so I <laughs> left the place and the new place wasn't open for seven days, like an opening. So the I had to new come, rehab? Yeah, so I had to go to L.A. for seven days. Is this a franchise? Days. No. <laughs> no. The rehab wasn't open yet? Maybe No, no, no. no. They, there's, because the what place I wanted to go is only eight. They only allow eight people at a time. Okay. Right? So it's like, you know, really specialized. Sure. You know what I mean? It's the best. Mm -hmm. I had been there before. I went there two years ago. Mm -hmm. and so it's had, an elevator. <laughs> <laughs> You're so good. You're so quick. <laughs> and you're so great. And that's what I have to remind myself. You know, it's Whitney is who she is. You accept her. Be mindful about what she's saying. Be very present. And just have empathy. I just, there's a lot of holes in this story. <laughs> there's no holes. There's so, no holes. So you leave the first one and you're like, I'm, fuck this. You're uncomfortable. You're restless, irritable, discontent. I, I want to go straight from here. Are you allowed to call people? No. At that place, they take your phone. Yeah. So every time you call, you have to call payphone. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's like, it was really difficult to get out, getting hold of people, mm -hmm. this and that. Anyway, I got out. I had to spend seven days in LA and I just never left the house. Just laid in bed. And I went to this new place mm -hmm. and it, so it's outpatient and I was at the hotel and I... Wait, the Wyatt Hotel if it's outpatient. Oh, it's a different state. It's a different... No, it's the same state, different city. Arizona. That's where all the rehabs are. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? It's interesting. And I went to um, the hotel room, and that night, I slept by the door of the hotel room because I literally thought... Couldn't if I Because a Bob died in a hotel room. So I literally thought, I want them to discover my body, you know? Or, or if I'm having a stroke or, or, or I'm dying... Don't make a joke. <laughs> Don't fucking make a joke. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's just that you yeah. and Bob are the two people like I love the most and thinking about either of you dead. I, I, I So that I don't cry, I, I have uh, to you, laugh. Yeah, yeah, you deflect. So I I, I was going to open the door if I was going to have a heart attack so that they could find my body. I mean, that's how fucking crazy I was. And then when I went to the new place, I didn't sleep for six nights in a row. Over 96 hours almost. Uh, make, uh, like a hundred hours of not mm. sleeping, I, you know, and not, I'm not even talking laying in bed, like yeah. my heart racing, pacing in my hotel room. And are you, in those seven days, did you come back and, and like use to stay? No, I okay. stayed sober since oh, wow. the first place. Oh, wow. Okay. So you're so freshly... I was sober. For, I was like a couple of weeks sober at this new place. And Bob's dead. And Bob's dead. And they, they asked me to leave because they couldn't do any work because what I need is EMDR trauma yep. work. Yep. You know what I mean? So um, that's a game changer. So they told me to go um, home 
get blood work because if you think you're dying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so like, can I, we get some blood work? You're like, that's <laughs> 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 <I'm> really funny. <laughs> yeah. So um, they go and I got blood work. I came at x-rays, um, blood pressure, heart, everything. And yeah. everything's fine. Okay. And my doctor was like, you're smoking weed you know, 24 hours a day and you're smoking cigarettes 24 hours a day mm-hmm. and the amount you're smoking, yeah, you're going to cough up blood. Yeah. So, um, so now I'm back and I got a psychiatrist and, um, I am on a little Ritalin today mm-hmm. for second day. And, um, I'm going to go back to this place of, in a month. And where we were looping and just the idea of like being, was this the first time you felt like a psychiatrist brought up the idea of OCD and, uh, no, two years ago when I went to this place, it's a trauma place. It's, they have the best therapists in the world, and it's the greatest place I've ever been to. And I've been to five in my life. Mm-hmm. And they, um, it's called BetterHelp.com. Promo code with Do you have BetterHelp? I love BetterHelp. Yeah, I love BetterHelp. Better yeah, you can go just to Arizona and just get BetterHelp from a hotel in Arizona <laughs> yeah. if you wanted to be outpatient. Yeah, but they, um, they match you with your um, therapist. Forty-eight you hours call, or 40. less, you will get a response. <laughs> You can switch at any time. Anytime, at yeah. any time. They're constantly adding new therapists. This is not a, it's not, it's, you know what it's not? Yeah, yeah. It's not a crisis line. It's not, a- <laughs> <laughs> it's not self-help. Yeah. Anyway. Go for 30 more seconds and then we're going to. Yeah, so we got that in the bag. Good. That's funny. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so, um, so now I have 30, I'm going to say seven. Oh, no, what's a thir- wait, 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 31, two, three, 36 days mm-hmm. of everything. Now, here's the thing. Porn. 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 I get you. I didn't want to have sex with Kalila anymore. And she's wildly out of your league. Just let me. Okay, sorry. Absorb that. My my bad. Keep going. God, it hurt. <laughs> of course. Of dude. But God the- made me. God made me to go out without without uh, with a three foot two girl named Ting Ting. <laughs> That's what God made. Me. Yeah, God made name. me. Was like he's That's gonna be with Ting Ting. <laughs> That's not my name. Yeah, yeah. But but hold on. But here's what, here's what I'll say. I'm not gonna say. I'm I'm just as someone that did read a bunch of neurology books to try to figure out how life works. Mm. You two have been together for how long? Almost ten years. Ten years. Yeah. I mean, like, I'm not saying you shouldn't be off porn and that porn, like it is one too many million not enough and porn can be very damaging and toxic. But is is all of that just your fault is like being with someone for, have you ever been with someone for 10 years before? It's a long time. No, I always had a two year mark Mm -hmm. because this is going to be, I loved all my girlfriends, Mm -hmm. but, um, I was, which is why I had to kill them. (laughs) The way you say that is so, I love all my girlfriends. Which is why they had to die. If I can't have you, no one can. But I've always, after two year mark, exactly two years, I just go, I'm done. Which is, by the way, there is a little bit of like science, like biological basis for that, which really? which wow. is like, yeah, because it's like, you know, we're, we're wired essentially to be making that. Have you ever read Cupid's Poisoned Arrow? No, I read. Oh, I'm going to go. It's, I have it downstairs. It's about how basically like, you know, in love and sex addiction, porn addiction, mm. we're not designed to just have orgasms all the time. You're kind of only designed to have an orgasm when you're procreating because that's how it was in tribal times. You didn't just get to... Uh, so, uh, so, and you know, a Navajo Indian didn't go by, behind a tree and jerk off. You know what? I, I, uh, I, well, how I'm old? not. You know what? Here's what I'll say. They jerked off 
all the time back then. Okay, I don't disagree. Moses jerked off. But have... How dare you? He did. With what, Mur? Uh, no. Mur. He took the two slabs uh, you know, with the commandment. <laughs> <laughs> he saw Jesus hanging on that cross and was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Little dark. That's but why yeah, it's, yeah. oh God. But um, it is amazing how much we say, oh God, during sex. Yeah, yeah, um, But no, just what, the idea was that it was a reward for procreating. You know, we now have sex for sport almost yeah. exclusively. Most yeah. of the time when we have sex, the goal is to not get the person pregnant. Yeah. It's just the idea of what it does to your brain when you have an orgasm. For the most part, your primordial brain thinks you've just procreated. Yeah. So the idea of I'm having sex with you to not have a kid, we've been together two years, our primordial reptile brain thinks that two years ago when we had sex for the first time, that a baby was made nine months later and that you need to stay in love with me and stick around to protect the child and your offspring for another year or so. And then by the time the baby's one or two, I don't really need you anymore. And then you don't make dopamine for me anymore. And then you move on and procreate with someone else. So two years is about the amount of time. Wait, wait, they did that back in the day? No, that's how our primordial brain views it. So we are... are Bread. The two-year mark is about when I don't need your protection for my the offspring wow. you made with me anymore. So when did that when did that change? There's a movie did- called The Female Brain, and I encourage you all <laughs> to watch it. I don't want to watch it. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a nightmare, but there's a whole storyline about this exact. I heard it's thing. really bad. Yeah, you know what? <laughs> you heard correctly. It is one compromise yeah. after another. It was a nightmare, ruined my life, and took away my ability to have biological children. <laughs> but there is a storyline that is exactly about this. It's the Sofia Vergara and Dion Cole storyline, which is about like after you know after after you are, have an orgasm with somebody. If you and I are together, we have sex. Two years later is about when your reptilian brain stops making oxytocin for me because it's your your primordial brain's internal clock of going, I've procreated with this person. We've raised the kid. It can walk now. It's They don't need me anymore. I'm not going to move on and procreate with someone else because my my Is that just males or females as well? Females is a little bit of the same. It depends on if they're on birth control or not. <laughs> That's a whole other thing. And olfactory glands, and it's a very boring thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, but so I would say don't. I just am the person that's always saying to people, like, don't be mad at yourself for not be wanting to, like, fuck, like, bunnies after yeah. two years. Because we're the Cupid's Poison Arrow lays the science out of that really helpfully. Yeah, but, you know, that's fine. And I believe you, but... Um, so 10 years but, is but, unbelievable. But, but, but women also want intimacy, right? They want to be held. They want to be told, I love you. They want to be... Some of them. Yeah, but I wasn't doing any of that. With Kalila. Yeah, it became, you know, it, you know, because of my porn addiction, mm-hmm. it became strictly business sure. and a friendship. And that's not what she's in it for. So sure. She's and, in it for... Also, I also want to say, because I'm a kid from trauma and PTSD, sure. you know, I cannot engage in suffering anymore. Other people's suffering, mm-hmm. right? So it's like, you know, you know, I'm sure... I know, I know Asa Akira, who's just a, a businesswoman... She's bright. Porn, uh, do we can we say porn star still or is it or yeah, is it adult movie sex star? Sex worker. Okay, Let's adult just, movie star. I'm, I'm, sorry, here's the, I'm an adult movie star. Yeah. <laughs> How dare you? She's like the number. Like she was the number one. You know, one yeah. of the best. And um, she's she has a kid now. She's. And great. what does it mean to be one of the best porn stars? One of the richest or one of the most flexible? Like it's just no like, like in acting. Right, you win an Oscar if yeah, you're great. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah, yeah, they yeah. have the AVN awards. Yes, I know. I've she's won them. many of those. I know. I've hosted them before. Right, so she's got plaques and trophies and stuff. Mm-hmm. But anyway, um, what I'm saying is, is um, when you go to a strip club and you watch porn, you know, you're just supporting other people's trauma. You know what I mean? And PTSD. I'm not saying all of them are like yeah. that, but you know, if you watch European ones, obviously, you know, in especially Eastern European ones, they're forced into yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, just out of necessity. Yeah, sure. And you know, sometimes families 
give their daughter. You know, it's, but how do you know? Because it's like in this time where we're going, we're supporting sex workers. If you are a teacher and you're getting paid nothing and you want to breastfeed on OnlyFans for an extra hundred grand a month, we're supposed to be like, that's totally fine now, as long as it's your choice and it's consensual. Like, when do you know? I usually am like, that bruise is a little too big for me to enjoy this porn. How do you know if they're... It's what, it's whoever, it's your individual decision, right? It's I like, I don't want to eat McDonald's, right? Because I think it's, but my niece eats McDonald's. I think McDonald's is poison. Sure. And if you keep eating it, you're going to die. But people eat it and I have nothing. I don't think they should, but they fucking do it anyway. I don't give a fuck. But, but to be, if I may, um, that's, are you saying that that's capitalizing on the trauma of animals? Cause it's meat because the, the, the porn thing is if if because there's a, here's the thing there is a huge rise in amateur porn where people that are dating consensually film themselves having sex and put it on. Yeah, I get what you're saying. It's, it's not it's, my place to say I'm participating in a rape or a trauma because I don't know. I'm not telling anyone to stop working in their I am field defending or, porn. Or, or watch or watching it. I'm just saying for me, for you, yeah, 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 yeah. It feels right. Spooky. That's what it feels like. It feels weird. It feels like I'm supporting something that's evil yeah and um that's I'm, just me i'm working on a uh a, a bit about like how um because i'm dating a guy that's he's like nine years younger than me and everyone's like well why would you want to be with someone that was like exclusively raised by porn and i i guess i'm just like no one talks about and you're talking about it now the negative effects of porn on men uh-huh. and uh like he has all these fears uh that i've never seen in a man like he won't let me alone with the pizza guy like, he gets really nervous. It's really funny. He, he won't let me hang out with my stepbrother. Yeah. Like, he's really stressed. First Every, of all. He won't let they, me do the laundry. He thinks I'm going to, like, get stuck in the laundry machine. That's 80s porn. He's got a... <laughs> that's when they used to do storylines. They don't do that anymore. They do gonzo. It's fine. <laughs> yes. He doesn't like it when I'm, like, on the yoga ball at the gym. He's like, get off that yoga ball. Right. Like, don't you want me working out? Yeah, yeah. Just, like, the new paranoias that, that guys have. But, yeah, I mean, good on you for, like, knowing that it was not... Because uh, I think it seems like it's just taken me my entire life to to make peace with porn. Going okay, if the guy I'm with is watching porn and jerking off, it's not personal. He's not trying to hurt me. It's like taking a piss. It's just like you know taking a shit or something. But when you know that it's making your life unmanageable, and you were able to tell on yourself, that's yeah. I mean, well, I felt like my relationship was falling apart, mm. and um, she's a great girl, and I just you know. I want it to work. And, and and did you feel like, because what I hear is when you get desensitized, when you watch enough porn that by the time you're with a person IRL, it's just becomes a transaction. It's like transactional. It's no, also, there's no, it's impersonal. Mm-hmm. There's a detachment to it. And it's fast. Like mm-hmm. I, you know, would do it like, you know, sex is a to do. It's a, it's a, an event sometimes. Okay. Right. There's, you know, foreplay, there's, you know what I mean? You have to consent. Well, I mean, you have to, it's got to be consensual. I don't consent to foreplay. I only <laughs> consent to, this needs to be as quickly, yeah. as quick as possible. Yeah, yeah. So for me, it's like, you know, I'd rather just go in my bathtub, watch porn real quick. Your bathtub? <laughs> yeah, because I don't want her to watch me doing it. So sure. I, I'd go, I'm taking a bath. She knows what I'm That's doing. That's the number one. That's how I know someone's jerking off. Because <laughs> you, That's not true. I, I, you take baths? I never take showers. And I've been like that as a kid. I'm like that too, actually. Yeah, That's I really weird. Baths. That's really weird. Yeah. Yeah. Shower. If I'm in a rush, I'll yeah. take a shower. Okay. But if I'm, I have some time, bath, baby. Love that. All day long. You're like, right? Baby yeah. Yeah. So, and I don't, yeah, I don't even clog up the bathtub at first. I'll just sit in front of the 
the faucet part and just splash. Okay. It's great. Okay. So don't judge me. One time I walked in a friend of mine in the bath and she was like taking forever. This is like in college. And I walked in and she was, there was no water in the tub. She, her like undercarriage was up against the, the faucet. (laughs) It was just like, that's how she masturbated. It was the water just going on her genitals (laughs) in the bath. I did that. My parents bathtub faucet in their bathtub, in their bedroom. Yeah. Was You're so rich, strong, was so strong, right? That I, during the days, I would just go put my penis on the faucet, right, and just kind of hold my penis. But the but the <laughs> sensation of the water rushing in it made it feel so good. And one day I was doing it like this, and I hear, <laughs> and I turn around. My dad had to come back home to pick something up and he saw me and we never talked about it. Bummer. It was a bummer, dude. This is the EMDR. This is why. Yeah. This is why. He laughed like the emperor from Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was fucking traumatic. That is, I am so, gr- like, every day that I, like, miss my dad who's passed away or feel bad about our relationship or have regrets, I'm just grateful he never saw me naked. <laughs> that's the only thing I'm like totally fine yeah. I'm like he died before he ever accidentally saw me naked and that's all I could ever ask for if t- you wait I'm your, you. your I'm toothpick gonna... covered in saliva at me one more time <laughs> you know we never here's the thing I'm not gonna let you blue ball that was Zipex what is that is that this, your, your yeah this is a, a to- because I quit smoking this is a nicotine um, toothpick can I have yeah two milligrams of the best oh uh, see I love t- I love tea tree oil t- toothpicks and you know what it reminds me of do you what? remember the movie Uncle Buck yeah when the guy, when the guy at the bowling alley Put the the, oh. the toothpick in his mouth and yeah, flipped it around yeah, and got yeah, stuck. Yeah, 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 I was fine. I just I think about that as like a performer now, and I'm like, did they improvise that? Like, did that actor improvise that moment? Like, yeah. looking back, don't you think he probably did? Yeah, yeah. So here's so, something as you're as you're drawing. I'm gonna, draw, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna so I'm gonna you talk, and I'm gonna write something down. I'm very shy, but I do I do think it's important that we address the the diagnosis of the ADD OCD thing because. As someone that shies away from discussing that because I feel like in 10 years we're going to look back at this and it's just not going to hold up or uh-huh. that people get very sensitive about like this is what actual ADD is and OCD and whatever. I've been diagnosed with both. I know there's a spectrum, yeah. but I do feel very um, a little bit resentful that it took till I was like 37 years old for someone to diagnose my ADD uh, uh, because I've. I think that I don't present as someone that has ADD. I've been able to achieve things. I've been able to finish scripts. I've been able to work really hard, but it also manifests in little things like repeating yourself when you're talking. Like I struggled for the longest time. Like, and I think a part of it has to do with not being like heard as a child. I would repeat myself, talk really loudly, interrupt people. Yeah, you was, said that You said that earlier that you finished people's sentences. You said that early downstairs, right? Uh I, 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 if you're bombing, I'll try to help you. That's a different thing <laughs> than I had like a tick. It was almost like a manic tick. Wow. Yeah. Where I, I was so afraid someone was going to get bored or abandon uh, me that I would just like interrupt when they were talking. Yeah. But you don't have that. Like I have to like at a movie theater. Mm-hmm. If I turn around one time. Yes. I have to turn around two more times. Sure. So this is what you'll see. Okay. <laughs> when you're looking back at yeah, someone. No, this is a smoothie right here, right? <laughs> <laughs> so I, yeah. I, I ne- yeah, yeah. there could be gunshots in yeah, the back, yeah. like real guns. Yeah. I won't turn around. You're just trying to show off your thick mane of hair. <laughs> I know what you're doing. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so so I, when I was a kid, if I would like stub my toe on a table, I'd have to stub my other toe on purpose to like even it out. So do you do that now or no? No, just as a kid. no. So I, you have a, a little kid, bit of that. I have a lot of things have to be even. Like if I, 
Like I, I um, have this little tick where I'll use my right thumbnail to sort of make a callus on my right pointer finger. And I have to do it with my left one too, so that they're even. Mm. Like if I did, if I, if I scratch this finger 10 times, I then have to do the, the left one 10 times, yeah. you know? It's the same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the same It's like little thing. things like that where things just, it, it's it's about control. And I think as a child, there's so little you can control that yeah. when you're able to like organize your books by color or whatever, you just have this false sense of control in your little world. So I think as I've gotten older, Al-Anon helped me with that in inner child work. Yeah. And th that's also what I love. As you can tell by this podcast, I need everything to be very neat yeah. and tidy. <laughs> I'm going to leave all these toothpicks on the table. But my point is, is that um, that's what I love about you because- there's a couple of guys, you and Mark, that I can go to and talk about, you know, um, these things, you know, 12 step stuff, mm -hmm. you know, the language, you know, and it's, there's a safety in that. But I want to show you this. Um, what? Okay. You're this is circles of intimacy. Let's just call it there. So he's holding up an index card with two circles. It kind of looks like an egg. And then he, he misjudged how big the card was. So the, uh, the circle is... <laughs> yeah. like goes off the card. Right. So in the center circle, mm -hmm. imagine the center circle, right? Mm -hmm. That's supposed to be me and God, right? And by God, you mean? Whatever your perception of God or spirituality, power. or it's within, right? It's like this spiritual connection within, right? And what I would say about God, just really quick for people that hear God and they go, ugh, because yeah. they were like Catholic and molested or something. Yeah, yeah. Because that can be a triggering word for people. What we say in program is like, you don't have to believe in God. You just have to believe that you're not God. Yeah. And if you believe that you're not, your God can be anything. Right. The universe, Ava DuVernay, Scientology. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Pete Davidson's dick, whatever you want. <laughs> Mine's is Pete Davidson's dick. <laughs> so, um, you know, the center circle should be you and your spirituality. The second circle should be um, your loved ones, you know, like your girlfriend. Money. <laughs> Got it. Yeah. Loved ones. Yeah, yeah. Does that, is that chosen loved ones or does that family count? That's the thing, it, you know, in that second circle, this is what I was taught, right, is, um, should be not a lot of people. It's, you know, you can't be that intimate with everyone, right? right? So it's like, it's, my, right now my second circle is Kalila. We forget about, okay, so in, in I did this um, attachment strategy course that was similar and you had tiers of friends. You had A's, B's, and C's. It's similar. Because what we try to do is like, people like us, do you just wink at me? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how to wave. Have you? I've never, I don't know how to wave. You no one ever bad. taught me. So I'm so bad waving. You know how my boyfriend waves at people? Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's not, see, yeah. Do this. He wink, was like, just like, wink. You just winked, but this wasn't the time or the place for that. I don't care. You weren't. <laughs> I, I'm tired of people telling me what and what, what I, I cannot do. I'm not do. telling you. I was literally just curious okay. because you earlier we were talking about in this climate. Yeah. And you want to see my pussy, but it, it, no, you're not worried about winking at me like that. I'm just curious to see what that monster looks like. <laughs> Is that Eileen Warnos? Anyway. <laughs> so anyway. No, no, but, but really quick, there's, I think that people like us, not us, I won't speak for you, I'll speak for myself. I think that we get uh, uh, accused of having intimacy issues or we, or we get confused about intimacy because number one, we um, conflate intimacy with proximity uh -huh. of being, you have to be with someone physically or around someone a lot in order to be intimate with them. And number two, we can trauma bond with strangers very intensely yeah. once a month. Yeah. And it's a false sense of intimacy, whereas yeah. intimacy, the idea is having some kind of consistency and accountability and not just, we're gonna share about how we were molested for an hour yeah. at 2 a.m. That, okay, so. Once a month. But I'm, okay, well, this is what I would, so, but my whole life, especially in my 20s, yeah. the number one thing was always show business. 
It was stand up. I I cared more about that than anything else on planet Earth. The biz of show. It's just to make it. Yeah. Right. Which, I, but I, but I think if I may, because just as we talk, I'm sorry, because I'm big on with you. Don't talk about my friend like that. Yeah. Like it's like we equate success in show business with physical safety, financial freedom, security, and love. So I just think that it sounds a little bit like we're dickheads and we're like, I just want to make it in show business. It's not like, I just want to be famous. Like it's- No, it's, it's not about that. It's also like our scarcity complex and like wanting to be solvent financially. Yeah, but also when you, you know, as especially if for, you know, I started comedy in 95 mm -hmm. and there were no Asians doing, there were no, in San Diego, there were no, really no- Judy Tenuta? <laughs> yeah, Judy Tenuta, she Asian? I don't know, no. <laughs> Bjork and Judy Tenuta. <laughs> So, um, you know, I also was so difficult to get in. And when I realized yeah. it's difficult now, but when you first, first start doing stand up, you don't know anybody. You're just signing up at an open mic. Yeah. You get a, you know, one o'clock a.m., one a.m., you know, call, yeah. uh, state uh, time. Slot. Yeah, before the internet, getting booked as a comedian, looking back, I cannot believe we like physically are alive. Yeah. We would show up to comedy clubs, wait for hours with a bunch of legitimately narcissistic Un unhoused people yeah i don't think you could say homeless anymore unhoused people like mentally ill people yeah. i used to hang out with a guy who wore a dollhouse on his head yeah. and he would give me a ride and he would drive me to the club with a doll a full yeah. dollhouse yeah. on his head and i'd have to help him disassemble it to take it off yeah and yeah. then various drug addicts that did what you said earlier uh referred to as real meth yeah <laughs> yeah i had a guy poo on my car mm-hmm at the comedy store parking lot. That tracks. Name is Ari Shafir. But anyway, my point Ari <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like it was just as like, and then even when, you know, and look, I have nothing but like, like glowing things to say about all the people that hazed me and, and growing up and that. But then even when you do get in, you're still getting like abused on purpose instead of just, I mean, I would sit outside for seven hours on Sunset Boulevard alone as a 23 year old woman, like waiting to do three minutes yeah. with a bunch of weird, I mean, it, it, it's wild. But the problem when you put show business number one, when you don't get the audition, when uh, there's a couple of years when you're not really working or hot, and you know, I had that those years, mm -hmm. right? You just spend all that time completely depressed, no self-worth. And if I may, yeah. the couple people that would be the friends you would attune to that would understand what you're going through are your competition. Right. So yeah, the, yeah. So for me, coming up as a girl, it was like the 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 uh, at that time when no one that it was not no one wanted women doing comedy, uh, the three or four other girls that were doing it with me, the the three people that I feel like could be comforting or medicinal to know and hang out with, we were pitted against each other. Yeah. So it was like even more lonely. Yeah. And so, um, but what I've had to do is, um, it's also like, you know, I've had fears of being canceled. You know what I mean? Because of mm -hmm. the things that I've said. Mm -hmm. And and then that would be traumatic, right, for me. And I would obsess about it. Yeah. But what, what I've done in the last month is I've literally, I think I feel like I've changed how I view what I'm doing now. And I don't care as much. I care more about living. And I have other dreams. Like I want to open an animal sanctuary. Like I want to buy a ranch. Mm -hmm. And I want to get pigs and cows and raise them, you know, on land and stuff. And I have other dreams. And so when you rearrange your circles of intimacy, right? It, I'm sorry, can up? I just say really quick, when people get sober, isn't it ironic that they sound the most on drugs? 
<laughs> what do you mean? Just like when someone's like, mean? look, I want to get pigs and cows. And like, that yeah. is the most high thing oh, anyone can right. say. Right. But which is, I just love that. Whenever I hang out with my friends that are recently sober, the shit they say is way more high. Yeah. You know, whereas when you're high, you're like, I want to start a business. Yeah. You know? I want to raise land animals on land. Yeah. Like, I want yeah. pigs and cows. Yeah. Like, I'm like, it's just a, it's a funny thing that happens that. Well, I'll tell you why, though. Hmm. You fucking witch bitch. <laughs> this is your new thing. This yeah, is yeah. new merch. You're the, you're the only one I'm kind of calling you that. That's your new name. Hunko. Okay, do you like it? They, you're just branding for me. I've been out of... <laughs> I need you. t-shirt ideas. It's going to be a hot uh, shirt. But my point is is that... So, um, you know, you love dogs, right? Mm-hmm. Some of them. No, you... No. <laughs> You, that's Most, not true. Yes, you're like, right, you're, right, you're yes. like us in the yeah. sense that we foster. Yes. Right. We, I know that Kalila, when she has any questions about fostering or dogs, she calls you. Mm-hmm. Right. So I feel like we have that in common. Yeah. And we know that dogs have an emotional connection. Yes. Right. They're sentient beings. Yes. They recognize, they become family. And there's nothing more healing, I think, than the unconditional love of an animal that doesn't care what you do for a living, doesn't care what show you're on, doesn't care how much money you have. It's doesn't the best. Care, you know, so that, that is, for me, a lot of my like recovery and, and trying to scrape together a modicum of self-worth has just been like, I respect and love this dog. I trust its instincts. It's evolved over millions of years mm. to be able to tell who's safe and who's cool and who's not. And if this dog likes me, I must not be a complete piece of shit. Right. So when you, have you ever seen photos of the Yulin dog eating festival in China? The fact that you're bringing this up. Is no, just, just let, me, let me just finish like, what I have a point. I have a fucking point. Also, which, which, no, no, but and just fucking listen to what I'm fucking saying. All right. I know I'm on Riddle right now, but you've got me all crazy. Okay, but what I'm going to say is when people that are close friends of mine are like, hey, do you know about the Yulin Dog Festival? I'm like, hey, bitch, unmute me. You know that's like my major cause. <laughs> right, and I okay, post I'll, about it all the time. Okay, so it breaks your fucking heart, right? You get mm-hmm. rage and anger, yeah. right? Why? Mm-hmm. Because you know that they're emotional, sentient beings you know, right, that connect. But cows and pigs do the same thing. When you raise a cow from a calf, right? Right. Right. They let's say they're out in your pasture and you have a house. Some of them will wait by your door in the morning. Of course. Right. And when you walk out, they'll greet you. Mm -hmm. Right. They'll sneak up behind you and lick your face. Mm -hmm. Right. And they don't do that with anybody else because you have an emotional connection with that thing. They have feelings. Right. They don't watch porn. Yeah. (laughs) I love cow porn. Cow porn's my favorite, by the way. (laughs) All those titties. (laughs) There's a lot more. It's utterly sexy. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, and pigs do the same thing, right? And there's so many animals do the same thing. Sure. So, um, I've been, oh, maybe, you know what? You just, maybe you're... I'm newly sober. I think you're right. <laughs> Wait, stop. Maybe I'm on a pink cloud. Stop. All right. Let me just say, right? Pink cloud is what they say when you get sober and you're like, suddenly everything's clear and you feel really good. Right. And then go, it goes away. So, um. Doesn't have to. Maybe I'm on a pink cloud. Maybe I'm. I think I'm you're at, seeing clearly. I think that you're seeing. I feel like I am, but I feel like I'm not as well. No, you know I mean? you're not. You're not. It's 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 more like it's more like to say all this to me is just like this is my shit. Like right, my right. main drug is animals at this point. Yeah, like yeah. you know, so I totally I'm with you. No one is more with you. But but the one thing about the animal thing is when we adopt animals, get farms, have all the pigs and cows, we are setting ourselves up for future heartbreak. And that's the place I am right now in my life is going like, I have all these dogs and animals in my life that I love so much that are going to die soon. And that is going to fucking, I've talked to my therapist about it. I'm like, when Frank right over here, when, if, if something ever happens to Frank, he's going to live forever. Um, 
I am like planning a heroin addiction. I was like, <laughs> I'll just do heroin. You can be there yeah. for like a month yeah. because I, I'm afraid of the, the amount of pain. Like most of my fear in life revolves around what's going to happen when my heart gets broken by my animals. Cause it's kind of the only thing that can hurt me anymore at this point, because I've, 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 I was born with a broken heart. My heart's been broken so many times by people that now it's like the pain of losing an animal is unlike anything else. Well, you don't save their hair, saliva, toenail. That's what I do. Save their saliva. So I can clone them. With what, clone, bus- what clone, business? Clone, clone. No, cloning is real bad. Cloning, no! The process of cloning is really inhumane. And you're Tell, getting... A bus- I don't know what the... What do you mean the process? The process, the way that they clone dogs is, it's it, you know, uh, ask your relatives. Uh, that's really, That's where they do it. And they basically take a dog who's like the surrogate dog. They put an egg in it and they have like five or six pups. They have to do it by cesarean section. The surrogate mom does die. Most of them are wonky duds, lemons. And then you get one and it's still like a little off. It's like there's just so many dogs that need to be rescued. There's so many dogs that need to. Uh You You don't need to. And everybody who clones their dog, I'm like, your dog sucked before. Why are you making another one of your little... Okay, Think about the people who've cloned their dogs. They were already weird alien breeder dogs in the first place. Yeah. I love my dogs more than humans. Mm -hmm. And you're right. I And one of my dogs is 12. Yeah. And I keep looking. I pet them every day. You know, you can give an NAD. The NAD, which is the uh, really good for humans, the anti-aging thing. Uh, There's some evidence that it works in dogs. And oh, I thought it was NDA, like a, NAD. A, uh, you do. I, you have to sign an NDA. Uh. You did. You sign an NDA before you came in here. That's the main. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah okay. it's hard, but I, but I think it's. But but I. But no, what I'm hearing is this incredible recovery because you're you're like t- thinking about animals and the things that because happiness is an inside job and you're thinking about the things that make you happy and make you feel whole uh, without substances. Mm-hmm. That's the whole deal. Yeah. And I think a lot of addiction recovery is about replacing an addiction, a negative addiction with a positive addiction. So when someone's like, I just got sober and I'm doing CrossFit six times a week, everyone goes like, well, that's just another addiction. Fine. As long as you're not like driving drunk and killing yourself, like, why not? So for me, a lot of times it's rescuing animals. I'm like, I know this is addictive. It's making my life unmanageable. I'm I'm missing like nine limbs. I'm covered in scars. I I know, but it's definitely better than, you know. They try to get me because I said the last place I go, I'm done with porn and they and they go this is what they and i, I laughed so loud they go what about the video games and i'm like fuck you because <laughs> fuck it's, you because it's whack-a-mole you know yeah, what i mean yeah, and it's like yeah, yeah. one you deal with one and another comes up yeah. i mean the good news is that most video games are basically porn at this point but you shoot the hooker at the end right you shoot <laughs> the idea is that you're you're hunting hookers yeah, yeah. um but uh how did you come on the realization that porn is making my life unmanageable did you just decide one day like no, uh, no, or my girlfriend. No, no, she'd be. My, no, my girlfriend would be like. A lot of guys talk about that, but why, just, why aren't we having sex? And I would make excuses like, mm. um, "I'm getting old. I'm 50." You know what I mean? Or you know what I mean? I we'll got cut that lo- out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have a lot of stress, or whatever it might be. You know sure, what I mean? Sure, sure, but sure. Um, yeah, it's to just to get in a healthier place. In all, like, I don't call people back. I don't text people back. I I have an mo of just disappearing and mm-hmm. this and that. Yeah, and I want to change. But here's all of that. If you if someone texts you and then you text them back, then it just starts the whole process over again. <laughs> I know. I kind of I I think you and I are are like polar opposites in that. As if someone texts me, I would like pull over to respond to them right away. And I could use a little more like I'll respond tomorrow when yeah. I have some time. Yeah, you'll go weeks and months. Never. Yeah, you just won't respond. At I all. won't respond to people at all, right? And mm-hmm. then, 
And what is that? I don't know. I mean, I ran into my friend, David Arnold. You know, David? Of course. But to be fair, most people... There's no nothing to say back. I, I do. I am fine. It was like, hey, what's up? And you're like, ah. Right. So, but David Arnold goes, he co- you know, he was a little distant. And I go, what's up? Because I've known him for 30 years yeah, almost, right? Yeah, comedian, he was like, writer. He's like, dude, I've called you 50 times in my life. You've never called me back. Yeah. Right. And in my he- head, I was just like, you know what, man? You're fucking right. I mean, what a terrible thing. I apologize, you know? And I'm not doing that. I don't, I don't want to do that anymore. But here's a, yes, and here's what I will say. I do think that we shouldn't be just responding to everyone out of obligation either. Yeah, I you know. know. Because that's all we would do if we just responded to people. So, yeah. so, but when you don't respond to me or if I don't text you back, I'm going like, well, I'm going to see him tonight anyway. You yeah. know what I mean? Oh, right, 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 right. I think right. you have to look at your motives of why you're responding to somebody. And if you're responding just out of obligation, you just got to go, maybe I'm at capacity. I know that's not what you're doing. Yours is like pathological and self-sabotaging. But I did find I've spent I spent so much of my life just responding to people because they texted me or going out to lunch and hikes just because someone asked me. There mm. is a point as an adult where you have to go like, if I were to res- if I had to respond to every text and every phone call, that's all I would do. And we do have to protect our time and energy and not like force people to make us invest in friendships we don't want to be in. Yeah. So there's a happy medium. Can I ask you a quick question? It's a kind of a side note. Okay. Cause okay. It's a, bit, a behavioral thing. Sure. So um, last year when, when you I, don't respond to me, I'm like, thank God. <laughs> um, last year I was in Hungary and I was at, you know how. Oh, you, for doing what? Obviously. Nothing. <laughs> just doing a tour. The most interesting thing you say, you give no, you just throw away. Yeah. So I was just in rehab. That was in rehab. <laughs> I go all over the world. That's where the mom. that's that's where the um uh the overeaters anonymous. Yeah. <laughs> that's where the overeaters we have there. That's where the eating disorder we have yeah. So I was in Hungary and I was in a store and they you know I, I they don't know who I am, but I was gonna have a conversation with somebody. He goes, What do you do? I go, I'm a comedian. He goes, I love Bert Kreischer. That's mm-hmm. what he said. And I go, What? No. <laughs> like, he's not Why? hungry. <laughs> yeah. And I go, Yeah, he's a good friend of mine. He's like, No, you don't know him, right? So I FaceTime Burt Kreischer, right? He picks By the way, up. This. Whenever any comedian FaceTimes another comedian, you run into some, you're ambushing me with a fan of mine. Right. Yeah, so so that's exactly what it is. So, but but the question is this, right? And Burt answered, I go, hey, there's a fan here, right? And then I hung, you know, he was super nice. I go, thank you for picking up. I hung out. And they, they treated me different, right? But am I doing it for Burt to reach out to a fan or am I doing it to brag? To someone you'll never see again. Yeah. So what am I doing it for? Uh, Honestly, to get the exchange over with. I think so. You're just trying to get it over with. That that honestly is I'm the bragging. It's I'm the, fucking bragging. It's the fastest way to get out of that situation that you've you're you're in an embroyo. Is that how you pronounce it? You're in a, a, a morass of this person where someone's like, do you know this person? Now you have to prove to that. No, you just, you comedians are obsessed with justice and someone just accused you of being a liar. Yeah. And now you're like, all right, I'm going to fucking call this motherfucker so I don't have to go through the rest of my trip in Hungary (laughs) thinking that this guy that works at basically the Hungarian (laughs) version of Forever 21 is going to call me a liar. Yeah. How dare you? So it's really more that. Like when people will be like, so yeah, like accuse me of like, I'll just be like, here, I'm going to call a bitch because we have to prove ourselves. I think as comedians, we have to prove ourselves every day, all the time. Mm. And the idea that you have to prove to your, yourself to this fucking guy who just accused you of lying to him. But why can't we just say, why can't I just do this? I know him. No, you don't. Okay. 
And just move on. Because we're obsessed with justice and because someone called you a liar. And we're comedians are a lot of things, yeah. but we're not liars. Okay. That is my biggest third rail. When someone accuses me of like lying or being dishonest, mm. like if someone, uh, uh, I have this thing where if I'm late for something, I will take a picture of the traffic I'm in and just send it because I'm like, I... I never want anyone to think I'm lying. So I'm obsessed with providing proof at all times. Yeah. Oh, I would totally fucking do that. Yeah. Okay. And then I would um, take gasoline and I would put it all over the store <laughs> yeah, and then yeah, I would yeah. set it on fire. Yeah. Okay. Let me ask you another question then. Just real quick. Do How you have... dare you accuse someone you don't know of lying? Like, why would yeah. you lie about knowing Burt Kreischer? Right. What a dumb lie. Yeah. But also, I he could also say, you know, I, I could lie too and say, if I was an open micer. Yeah. And he goes, I love Brooke Chrysler. I go, I know him, right? He could, I could see an open mic or doing it if they don't know him. In Hungary? Maybe. <laughs> maybe also, right. why maybe are you good. talking to people at stores in Hungary? Like, there's so many. Because they don't, a lot of them don't speak English. So when somebody does speak English, because, you know, I, you know, I, I had like weeks off at a time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I was shooting something. And they were like, you know, you have two weeks off. There's also sometimes you have to lie to get out of something. So I had someone come and help me hang stuff up. Yeah. Like uh, uh, for this podcast studio. I love this. And sometimes people will come to shows and they'll bring me like knickknacks and trinkets and I this is where I put them up. And someone made like Legos of me. See, they're all falling down. I don't know how to keep them standing up. So yeah. those are Legos of me with like pink hair and blue hair oh, and cool. whatever. Yeah. And so this guy was hanging stuff up and he was looking at the Legos and he goes, oh, I collect Legos. And I was like, oh, these, these are actually like little Legos of me. And he was like, you were in the Lego movie? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You lied? Yes. Yeah, and yeah, like, yeah. I just was like, the by the time I explain that I'm not in the Lego movie and then people just make Legos of me, like, it's just like. Yeah, and what's like, fucked up? I was in a Lego movie and I don't have a fucking Lego. <laughs> because that's what I'm saying. I'm like, the fact that he jumped from you were in the Lego. I'm like, no, I didn't buy the Lego of my someone. And then I'm like, I'm going to sound like I'm lying if I say no, a fan just made me a Lego of myself. And he's coming back on Thursday and I'm fully waiting for him to be like, I Googled you and you're not in the Lego movie. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, yeah, well, you just made things weird. So no, the it's always the right time deal. Hey, want to go to Mickey D's for lunch? Ooh, let's go now. <laughs> but it's not lunchtime yet. If we're going to McDonald's, it's always the right time. Yeah, it's hard to argue with that. There's a deal for every lunch hour at McDonald's. Now's the time to get two for $3.99. Mix and match a four-piece McNuggets, a McDouble, a McChicken, or a hot and spicy McChicken. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. You don't apologize. So sometimes I'll lie just to get out of... It's like easier to just say yes. <laughs> we now take a break from our guest to yeah. talk about another kind of break slash gap. Gaps in the diet. <laughs> oh my God. I'm never letting you bring us into a sponsor copy again. I'm so sorry, Ritual. Because you know why? This is why I go back to my thing. When you try too hard, it sounds fake and corny. I have used Ritual vitamins even before I had a podcast. That's okay. True. There's a strong argument to be made that taking Ritual vitamins gave me the fortitude and the tenacity and the physical and emotional and mental strength to be able to start a podcast in the first place. Wow. It is my fuel. Okay. Wow. Over 97% of women age 19 to 50 are not getting enough vitamin D from uh, out of their diet. That's psychotic. Mm -hmm. And 95% are not getting the recommended daily intake of key omega-3s. And that explains 
everything that's wrong with this world. What? Ritual Essential for Women 18 Plus Multivitamin was formulated by exhaustive research to help fill nutrient gaps in the diet of women ages 18 plus. <laughs> so not near Whitney. It is formula. Speak for yourself. It is formula. Well, because form- I'm saying like we're 17. I'm... <laughs> <laughs> it is formulated with nutrients to help support I brain. love that Emily has decided this is solely a video medium and she will ham up to the camera almost <laughs> exclusively to communicate. Look, it's formulated with nutrients to help support brain health, bone health, blood health, and provide antioxidant support. Ritual doesn't stop there. They invested in gold standard university-led clinical trials to prove the impact of essential for women 18 plus multivitamin. And the results, question mark, essential for women 18 plus was shown to in Increase vitamin D levels by 43% and omega-3 DHA levels by 41% in 12 weeks. So you don't have to sun your butthole for your vitamin D anymore. You don't have to do the perineum sunning. Oh, man. Oh, man. Right now, Ritual is offering our listeners 10% off your first three months. Visit ritual.com slash Whitney and turn healthy habits into a ritual. That's 10% off at ritual.com slash Whitney. I'm starting to think that our sponsors are catching on to the fact that we hate water. Mm -hmm. And I'm starting to think water isn't all it's cracked up to be. (laughs) I cannot drink water on its own. Mm -hmm. It makes me sick. It makes me gag. And it's pointless. Mm -hmm. I only like water when it's carbonated with a lot of sugar and and Coke bottle. (laughs) (laughs) And we have just discovered liquid IV, okay? Mm -hmm. In 16 ounces of water, hydrates faster and more efficiently than water alone. Liquid IV contains five essential vitamins, B3, B5, B6, B12, and vitamin C. With three Xs, the electrolytes (laughs) of traditional sports drinks, liquid IV is made with premium ingredients, non-GMO and free from gluten, dairy, and soy, obviously. (laughs) What makes liquid IV so effective? Emily, do you know? Yes, it's the science of cellular transport technology, CTT. That's trademarked. It's designed to enhance rapid absorption of water and other key ingredients into the bloodstream. So you're not waiting around for your water to absorb. Who has time time to wait around for your water to absorb? It takes forever. One stick of liquid IV in 16 ounces of water hydrates faster and more efficiently than water alone. (laughs) Grab Liquid IV in bulk nationwide at Costco, or you can get 25% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use code Whitney at checkout. And you can put these in your purse and they don't explode everywhere. That's great. And then everyone doesn't think you're on cocaine. Yep. And that's 25% off anything you order when you use promo code Whitney at liquidiv.com. Experience better hydration today at liquidiv.com, comma, promo code Whitney. They have great flavors. Mine is favorite is... I, do the le- I just do the lemon lime. Oh, I love pina colada. Ooh. I feel like I'm on vacation in the <laughs> Did morning. Did you say pina colada? Pina colada. There's <laughs> a pina colada. A pina. Yes, Emily, Emily has, has lost her mind, and I am so into it. <laughs> I think you're over. I think this is your first time ever. Uh, Emily's finally hydrated. This is just your That's personality. That's true. <laughs> Back to our guest. One time, so I did oddball once, and oddball is a stand-up. No one you they know what it is. I love that you do your that like you go on podcasts as if you're just talking to the Live Nation Christmas party. All right, all right. So oddball was a tour, and it's like you know they have like ten huge comics, and, and it was like for like twenty five thousand seats. We yeah. were doing these like outdoor arenas, right? But I did it the last year. Mm-hmm. So anyway, you know when you book a flight, you you they don't book your flight, you book your flight, yeah. right? So my manager always books me in coach. Yeah. Because it's he, he, she's she's like sweet is Texas just you know you know maybe you'll, you'll sleep right yeah yeah but I show up at the airport there everyone's there right and they all have first class right so they seat first right 
And it's all my friends, like Segura, Sebastian <laughs> Manoskalko, Dane Cook, everyone, right? And um, I walked by and they booed me when I walked by. So I took a nap on the couch. I woke up and I had first class pillows <laughs> on me, like 12 of them. Like I could have died. But it's so funny that they would just go back and just put pillows on my body. I would have done, so, done the warm cookie. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. What's a warm cookie? The warm cookie. First class, they, at the end, oh. they give you a warm cookie where you're just like, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I love the warm cookie. That is so, so funny. funny. So funny. And then, but this is how I love Tom Segura. So I didn't know him. He was the only one I didn't know that well. And he put most of the pillows on my body. Do you know him well now? He's a, I, he's a mensch. So when I got off the flight, uh, we were, my manager was supposed to get me a ride to the airport to the hotel. And she never did that. Mm-hmm. So I have to take a cab now. Sure. So I go to luggage and he didn't leave. And he goes, hey, you don't have a ride, do you? And I go, no, I have to get a cab. He's like, no, we're going to the same hotel, right? I go, yeah. He goes, get in my limo. And and, and I was friends with Sebastian, friends with Dane, friends with all these guys. And they, you know, obviously they're build higher and they got shit to do, I guess. I don't know. But he, I didn't know him at all. I never talked to him in my life. I knew who he was by name only. And as soon as I went in that limo, I just looked at him. I went, yeah, this guy is a war buddy. He's the best. He's the best. Sebastian, have you ever flown on a plane with Sebastian? No. But yeah. not, not in that iteration? Many times, yeah. So we... I've, I've tried around the world with him. One of the nicest guys ever. Sebastian. Yeah, I the mean... Best. Uh, even I've been going through some hard times and I talked to him and he, you know, he got emotional. He's like, you can call me 24 hours a day. You know that, right? And you know, his schedule. And he only it, says that because he knows you won't. <laughs> I'm always like, Bobby, I'm always here yeah, anytime. Yeah, yeah, Knowing yeah. that for the past 15 years, you yeah. want to respond to a text. Yeah, yeah. But I'm just saying that he's just, um, I think comedians right guy. now, I think it's like, the pandemic was a big mental health challenge, I think, for a lot of us yeah. people that already were having mental health challenges. If you mm. wink at me one more time, um, like I think that it, I think that that it either tore us apart or brought us together, you know. And I think that um, comedians win the ability to tell, you know, make drunk strangers laugh at night when that was taken away. I also think that this is a this is a hot take. So comedians, I do feel like a lot of what was keeping comedians and like anyone, I'm sure this is the case in any field, but this is just what I happen to know. Like what kept us sane was a lot of us in the hallway, talking, attuning to each other, being able to have conversations that we now monetize for podcasts. And we kind of stopped having the off microphone. We stopped having like any comedian when I'm in the hallway, we start talking about how's your life going? The problems I'm struggling with this. They're like, you know, let's just podcast on third. Let's just save it for the pod. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. Started monetizing our therapeutic medicinal attuning, and now we don't. We only do it for public consumption. Yeah, and, and I think that's an unhealthy. I agree. Yeah, and because what I learned is I use my shame, my um, my regret, just all that stuff, and I expose all of it. Mm-hmm. Like I was molested. I, my dad used to beat me, and mm-hmm. just be specific. But it's my way of pushing people away. Mm. Because you have to hold some things to yourself and yep. process them yourself, right? Oh. But all my career, I've been like, look at my dick, look at my body, I'm ugly, you know, and just all this shit. Like I was, you know, yeah. constant, constant, constant. 
And it's just a defense mechanism. And this is, I didn't make this up, but um, who was it that said, I say it all the time, uh, and I don't know who I'm plagiarizing, but that uh, comedians do stand up to control how we're embarrassed. Because we're, wow. I know. Who said that? I don't know. Who said it? I don't know. Oh, that's great. And I bring it up all the time. And it's something that made me, that's what I do. I go up and I'm like, I'm this, I'm ugly. My last name is Cummings. I'm going to be single forever. I'm, gonna be, I'm like, I'm going to say all the shit about myself before you get to say it. That's exactly what it is. It's exactly what it is. Yeah, but it's not helping. You can't hurt me. You can't fire me because I quit. Yeah, because the first year I did Opie and Anthony, this is 20 years ago, mm -hmm. I left, I left. I left halfway during the um, interview because they were fucking ripping me apart. And, you, and when you're a young comic and you're like, oh, Jim Norton, I was with Jim Norton, Greg Giraldo, Patrice O'Neill, they're mm. all in the room. Dad, dad, dad. Yeah, yeah. And they were ripping me apart and I'm friends with all, I love all of them. Mm -hmm. but, um, and I left, I go, oh, I'm never going to do that again. But the next year mm -hmm. I had to go back because I had to sell tickets. I wasn't selling yeah. tickets. I had to do Open Anthony. But this time I said, you know what? I'm just going to see the darkest most fucked up shit about myself. I'm gonna make shit up. I'm gonna lie. I'm gonna do all, all this shit, right? And that's where I learned how to do all that. I got, you know, I, before they could even rip, rip into it, I was molested by a guy with Down syndrome. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? And just, my dad used to beat me with golf club. And just constant, constant, you know what I mean? Cause no, I mean, that's implied. No one without Down syndrome would have molested you. No, that is true. I know. <laughs> what do you mean? A guy with Down syndrome, cause he's, what do you mean by that? Only someone with Down syndrome would find you attractive as a child. I'm just saying it's obvious that the person had Down syndrome. <laughs> I mean, how dumb was I? When you lure a kid, you have to offer them candy or something. Sure, this sure. guy went, mm. <laughs> He wasn't trying to molest you. He was just touch a pee. You voluntarily sucked his dick. Help me with my zipper. You molested him. He, just, he was just asking you for help. We might have to cut that. We cut that out. I don't know. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. Why? Yeah, yeah. Don't say aye, aye, aye. Do you feel like? <laughs> do you feel like though, moving forward, as people that are trying to better ourselves and still stay funny? You know, I definitely get scared a lot. Where I remember my therapist said to me once, "It's lonely at the the emotionally sober top." You know, because a lot of people, you know, are not going to be able to understand boundaries. They're going to be whatever it is. So I think there's a little bit of me that was like, I don't want to get too well because number one, I'm not going to be able to be friends with all these people that Fucked I people, yeah. that I like love, yeah. and I don't want to have to like end friendships. I'm just going to stay sick in these areas so that I can, you know, I'm going to stay a doormat so I can not. Or I'm so afraid of having a friendship breakup that I'm just going to stay sick, and or or when I see this person, I'm just going to revert to that role you know, even though it's toxic or abusive or whatever, so I don't have to end it. But number two, if I get too well, what if I won't be funny anymore? Because so much of what's funny is going, I'm a piece of shit and I suck. And I, you know, like, do you worry about but that? But if you, but if you rearrange. Because this podcast is, this, the better we get, the less funnier we are. I'm just telling you. <laughs> I know. But if you rearrange that thing that I gave you, the circles of intimacy or whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, if I rearrange it. It's not as. It's not as important, right? When everything is showbiz in your career and this and that, right? Mm -hmm. Then it's like, and you rearrange it, it it doesn't, it's like, oh, oh, whatever. You can also- I'm not as funny, whatever. Yeah. I'm, I'm happier, I'm healthier. And I'm gonna and, live longer and- and, and- and also this isn't, all this shit right here, mm -hmm. isn't that real? It's like, it's all, we know what we're doing, okay. right? You and I are different because, you know, you and I can talk about real things. I'm talking about like when you have a comic that's not, 
I don't know. And it's just jokes and we're making fun of people, this and that. It's just, it's entertainment, right? But it's not all of life. Right. Right? All of life, like when you go and see like, when you're hiking and see it, like a bird land on a somebody's head or whatever, and you go, that's beautiful or whatever. Well, I, I, I would, I, I would live the, stream it and post it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I mean, you see nature and you go, you know, and then you, you ask, I'm 50. When you turn 50, you go, you know, they say, you know, I think Socrates says a life not self-examined is a life not worth living. Mm-hmm. And um, I guess they were doing self-help back then. Yeah. Right. And so for me, I've had to do a lot of self-examining and I've just rearranged things. And it seems to be working. Like I, I, I don't have any auditions right now. Did you say you saw a bird land on someone's head? <laughs> <laughs> Are we just gonna skip? I that? wanted to skip by that because I, just, I don't know how birds behave, and I just made that make, like a that. squirrel. Yeah, Wait, is, squirrel, no, is a squirrel better? I just, I, I just, I feel like to just let that slide. I wanted to let it go. Okay. Once I said, I'm like, they, that never happens. Okay, yeah, no. right. But then I, you're did the you, ass. Did you see a vulture attack and not and just stand by and not help that person? <laughs> let me ask you this then: nowhere in history a bird has landed on a fucking guy's head. I'm sure it has, but the, you're just trying to, um, I, I, uh, this is like a, um, <laughs> this is a, a, I was telling the story the other day that, uh, this super famous person at SNL once was trying to, uh, Who? I can't, I don't think I can tell you. Oh. I guess I can. Yeah, I can. heard this rumor Well, that spade that no, that Tom Cruise was, was at SNL oh. and he was, he's not going to hire me. Uh, he, uh, I'm too tall. I've, I've just come to terms with that. All the actors that I'm taller than are never going to hire me, and it's fine. And that's the only reason Tom Cruise won't hire me. <laughs> it's because of my height. That's what I'll tell myself. And he was trying to just, like, um, attune to the writers and, like, hang out with them and, like, just be one of them. <laughs> and he was just doing small talk, and they were like, what's it like to be Tom Cruise? And he just went, you know, I, I wish I just had regular problems like everybody else. Like, he was married to Katie Holmes at the time, and he was like, I wish that Katie would come home someday and just be like, ah, I don't know what to do for dinner. They ran out of ravioli at the ravioli store. (laughs) So like, in the joke, like he thinks there's a ravioli store. That's how far gone. Yeah. He, which is fascinating to me because I'm like, maybe the places he does go out, which are like, like fancy towns in Italy, they might have a ravioli store. Yeah. That might be his truth. Or the other way to look at that is that everyone that works for him in order to like, stay employed have uh gaslit him into believing there's like a store for every food so yeah. that like if he knew there was whole foods <laughs> like you would there he'd have way less people on staff yeah so they're like we have to go to the ravioli store we have to go to the eggplant <laughs> store then we have to head down to the yeah. candle store like they like it's just been crazy i'm gonna have to do overtime yeah but just, so the fact that you think birds just land on people's heads <laughs> i guess i was like has he ever been on a hike? Yeah. Has he ever seen a bird in the wild? Yeah. Maybe it, you've been it, in the movie business too. Were you at animal practice? <laughs> don't make fun of, don't fucking career like, shame me. Don't, like, when you, why, because of the monkey? When, when, someone, when, when, uh, when someone's been on a TV show where they were trained animals, they have no idea how real animals behave. <laughs> Can I t- so I did the pilot, you know, the Russo brothers directed, uh, produced The animal it. practice, it was on NBC and it was a bunch of animals, it was about a vet we were vet- yeah, I was played a veterinarian. Mm-hmm. And so for the pilot, you know, the Russo brothers are show running and They're they huge. did all the Avenger movies, all that stuff, uh-huh. right? And they go, we're going to put a um, boa constructor. So we're just going to do a pan of what yeah. people are doing in their, like, right? So they pan by me and, and a boa constructor is 
strangle you, which is very funny, right? Very funny, right? But what they didn't realize. So you're jerking off. Yeah, yeah what the they scene. didn't realize is that sometimes every once in a while, a bow constrictor, even the, the, the show business ones, they will exude a poison through their skin, right? So the fucking bone constructors are on my neck. The camera's going by and they go, God! And there was these fucking boils <laughs> on my head. And I started shaking. There, it was an emergency. They took the fucking bone and I fell on the ground, right? And that's what that mark is on your... <laughs> <laughs> and that's what this mark... Fuck you. <laughs> no, no. Um, And they, I went to the hospital. <gasps> I had an allergic reaction. That anyway, I don't know why. I just I said. love going from Hollywood is so fucked up. I love people going from a fake hospital on a soundstage, <laughs> right? To getting right. injured in a fake hospital. <laughs> yeah. Then it's like we got to take him to a real hospital. Yeah. It's like that's so fascinating to me. But yeah, it's it's funny when like when I'm around like Hollywood actors and they like are around like dogs or pup. They'll just they'll just like handle them in ways where I'm like, no, 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 okay, you've been on, too, you've been in too many movies or like movies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, like I have a friend who like, cause everyone wants to do equine therapy with me now. Cause they see what I do with my horse. And I talk about how much it's helped me. And like, I'll have friends that they'll just like come in and they'll be like, Oh, I'm just going to jump on that horse. I'm like, no, no, no. Like, like that's what you did in a movie. You can't just jump on a horse <laughs> yeah. in real. You had nine hands. They're not real animals. That horse was trained. Yeah, they're not like, real animals. Yeah, this isn't yeah. Saddle Ranch. You can't just jump on a bunking Bronco whenever you want. But that reminds me of this story that I, 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 I have been told this story from people in the exotic animal world um, that uh, uh, that have there was this woman that was keeping a snake as a pet. I don't think it was a boa constrictor. It might have been a boa constrictor because you can keep them as pets. And if you raise them from being babies, you can actually have them as a pet and you feed them eggs and rats and stuff like that. And this woman had a boa constrictor because someone because there's all these exotic animals that were in movies that we now can't use animals in movies anymore, nor should you. It's always abuse. But that means there's all these exotic animals that are like out of work, basically, yeah. that need to be rescued or that they're using at like kids' birthday parties and abusing them in other ways because it's expensive to keep a fucking elephant, but you can't use them in movies anymore because it's abuse. So all these like LA weirdo animal trainers have a bunch of exotic animals and no way to pay for them. So they're doing all this other fucked up shit, right? So, or trying to get them rescued. So this 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 exotic animal trainer in LA was like, I've got a couple snakes. Would you rescue them? And I'm like, do I rescue a snake? Like, what the fuck does that <laughs> yeah, look like? Yeah, like yeah. I don't want to, uh, uh, like, and then I'm like looking into it. And I, and I watched this video and it's about, you know, when you see on YouTube, all these like weird pairings of like a, a bird and an elephant or best friends and a coyote and an otter or like all these just like little things that are really cute. On, yeah. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, you know. And then there's the guy that lives with the hyenas. Like on YouTube, you can find, you know. And so I'm looking at this girl. She's got a bow constructor that she's raised as a pet and they fully are like buddies like the, she's got the snake and they go to the grocery store together and they sleep together and the snake really seems to like know her and she feeds it like rat eggs or whatever the fuck and I'm like oh my you know you can you can anthropomorphize anything you can project I'm like this snake like loves this woman I'm like am I projecting or is this real and as we were talking about before with you and the cows and the pigs you just discovered at 50 that that pigs and cows like like people that feed them uh it was very sweet to watch <laughs> and you're like cows will come up to you if they know you. <laughs> yeah, because when you're an eat, meat eater your whole life, you, you're in complete denial. You don't even look at it. You have, to be. At, you have to be. Yeah. You have to be. So there are there are the ability, if you raise something from birth, to have a real connection with it. I'm like, oh my God, this girl has this connection with this bow constrictor. But then it gets sick and it's not eating. And that's the first thing. If a dog doesn't eat, it's sick. Something's wrong with it. She takes it to the uh, the exotic animal vet. And the exotic animal vet goes, um, 
your boa constrictor is fine. What it's doing is saving up space in its stomach to eat you. <gasps> so what happens is boa constrictors will starve themselves to stretch their stomachs big enough to fit the, their prey. So it's been sleeping with you every night and it's starving itself so that it can swallow you whole. <laughs> and she's like, my snake's not eating. It must be sick. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, no. That's fucking insane. Wild. That is fucking wild. Isn't that crazy? I want to blow people's mind too. Oh. The, the monkey on animal practice got $16,000 an episode. Wait, is that the monkey that Crystal. got extra takes Crystal. over June Diane? Yes, yeah. So June Diane Rayfield was on the podcast talking about how she she was like wait, wait, wait. the actors would get like one take and then the ostrich would get like 15 takes. Crystal the monkey ran that set. Yeah, yeah. Crystal on mine, right? Yeah. It was not even on Crystal the, the monkey who was in the hangover. She's yeah. a famous Crystal wasn't even it was my coverage. <laughs> <laughs> right? And I'm like, and it's a big chunk of line. Uh -huh. So I'm like, I, oh my God, I don't know how I'm going to yeah. get through this monologue, right? And I'm almost at the end. They go, cut. I go, what's the matter? They go, Crystal's playing with itself. And Crystal's like, <laughs> <laughs> maybe you turned her on. I wrote something down because I don't want to forget asking Let's just you. forget. Let's just for, let's not, let's let's forget on. this whole thing happened. Yeah. Um, um, no, let's just, anything that was outstanding, I'm actually trying to make a coherent podcast, believe it or not. You didn't finish the third circle of your uh, intimacy anus. So, the, oh, the other circles of intimacy. Okay, yeah, so yeah. Um, your, fa your family goes in here. You know, your girlfriend, your wife goes here. But your here's family what I'll say. Stuff, right? Okay, but okay. So for and, people just listening, the middle circle, you're saying family. However, family. Is this live? What the I fuck? Are we listening? Well, I'm just saying, you're the people are go for runs. They do laundry while they're listening to podcasts, and you're just referring to something. No one knows what you're referring to. Imagine if you're listening to this and someone just says, family goes here, <laughs> goes where? Yeah, but you two minutes ago, you, we talked about the circles of intimacy. I know, but you're pointing to something people can't uh, see. All right, so I have the circles. Okay. Only. So I have the fucking circles of intimacy, right? And you asked me what and goes the middle in the one, other circle. So the middle one should be God and yourself, spirituality. Okay. The second one, your wife or, you know I mean? Your significant other. Chosen, right? yes. Your third one, family and whatnot. And family, then, if they're not toxic and horrible. Right. Okay. And it sometimes... <laughs> People have their careers in there, but for me, career is fourth now. Okay. Right, and so um, it seems to. Is that a choice that was made by casting directors or you? <laughs> they put me eighth. <laughs> I choose to put my career last. <laughs> yeah. My choice. Totally my choice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, which, I mean, is, which is so is weird to me, Bobby, because you are like the hottest you've ever been career wise. Is it because not only this all happened, but now that you are working a lot and nonstop, now you're like, okay, I got what I needed. I feel validated. No. Okay. What I realized is that it wasn't fixing me. Yeah. It's it, not, it, make, wasn't, it doesn't work. It, it was making me crazier. It, you know, it also didn't feel, I mean, there were some projects I did because it's going to be good optically yeah. for me. And it was a fine experience, but it just didn't do anything. It would break my heart though, actually. Like when I would see you and you would be in something like a huge movie, like an Adam Sandler movie. I'm like, dude, I just saw you in that Adam Sandler movie. And you'd be like, shut up, just don't fuck you. Like, I know what it's like to be a part of something and and then be embarrassed. Cause then you're like, oh no, everyone's just going to see how, how uh, bad I looked or how not, I wasn't the star of that thing. It's almost like, 
a lot of people see something that you're not proud of. It's almost worse than never having booked it at all or gotten the job at all. Oh yeah, I've, I've been in a couple. Do you know projects, what I mean? Yeah, 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 that were embarrassing to me. Or you signed up for a really big part and it got cut down, and you're just like, ugh, like this is like. Or, or you get completely cut out of a movie. That's the worst. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I took my like dad before he died to a movie premiere of a movie that I was like, had like eight scenes in. And I it literally was like, can I take your order? <laughs> like, it was like, I had like one line. Oh, it was my so God. embarrassing. It's so embarrassing. And I was like talking to the publicist being like, can I get five tickets? Like I was like, I was like fighting to get, they had seen the final cut and fully knew I'd been cut out of the entire thing. No one told me, yeah. no one tells you ahead of time. Don't fly in your friends and family well, to that, see this. That happened to me four months, five months ago. Mm -hmm. There was a, uh, <sighs> <sighs> I literally just went after Tom Cruise. I, I feel I, like I, I feel oh, like so all bets are off. I so four years ago, three years ago, I get a call from this director, and he's like, "Hey, man, I'm doing this gigantic Sony animation movie. It's on all Asian cast. I want you, Jackie Chan, John Cho, just through, right, but you would be one of the main guys. This and that." And I go, "Let me read it. I read it. It's an animation. I don't know much about animation movies, so I just did it, and um." I worked on it for years. You know how you just movie sometimes you, an animation, but you just kind of course, keep of going in. It takes forever. A year later, they're like, come in, do another session. So I worked on it and then I saw. Oh no. So they, I, I was, you know, you're watching YouTube and they do an ad of a movie. So it's coming out. Mm -hmm. It was one of those ads where you could skip, but I watched it. And at the end of it, it goes, starring Jimmy O. Yeah. It just eight names. Right, I'm not in it. But then, and then you look at the title end sequence, and you you know the directed by all the things. Yeah. And I read there was like 15 names in there. My name wasn't on there. Right. Yeah. So I call my guy, uh, my agent. I go, uh, the next time, just tell me when I'm cut out of something. Uh huh. They're like, you're not cut out of it. They confused you with no <laughs> another agent person. <laughs> they thought they, John, think, they think you're John Cho and Bobby Lone are the same people. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Gem Gemma yeah. Chan. We you're here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so um I go, well, I'm not, and they go, we don't know why. And this is the first time I made phone calls to everyone. Because normally I would let it go mm -hmm. and not fight for myself. It's disrespectful. And disrespectful. Just tell me, I'm an adult. And I and I and I called the net the Netflix. Sony made it. I called Sony, and they were just oh, well, well, we, I, uh, yeah. you know, what I mean, they just didn't know, and they they apologized profusely, this and that. But I had to express my resent, not my resentment, just confusion, and just clear this up, man. Or like, just of like, my thing is more like we're adults. Do yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yeah, 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 and like yeah. it's sort of like people treat us like we're these children that can't be told anything. I remember I did a, um. Animation is so weird. The first animation thing I got was for Planes. Mm. Remember Planes? Great movie. But I, I was the, I was a plane that was like the sexy plane, and <laughs> I met the. You're not the, not the bitchy plane. I'm not the bitch wish, but I'm not for some reason. And I go to the um table read, and I'm like, it's like T.J. Miller. It's all the people that get every single job. Right, Do you right, know right, what I mean? Right. And I'm like the sexy plane. I'm like very. And she's very like, she's like, a, I'm like, I don't know how to act like a sexy plane. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and so yeah. I'm just kind of doing my, I'm just like, I'm, I'm just going to do me. I'm yeah, just yeah. like, hey, what do you guys do? Because in my head, I, like sexy doesn't have to be like this. Like, 
It just was like, a, I was like, this is for children. It's shaped like a dick. Did you get fired? It was, a, not only did I get fired. <laughs> oh, no. Not only did I get fired, but the note was like, well, she wasn't sexy enough. She wasn't doing a sexy enough voice. And it was a, it was like a black jet. And I was like, this is in the shape of a black flying dick. And I have to be like, hey, big boy, isn't this for children? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I remember just being like, I am do not know how to do animation. Yeah, but you know what? This is another thing I used to do is until one time it was a disaster. So is to ask before. Yeah, yeah, You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like one time I was at a table read and I said, shit take. It just, it was written in the <gasps> shit take, right? And afterwards like, um, that's shiitake, dude. And I go, I, and I knew because written weird. Yes. Right. And I should have asked. Yes. Can I tell you? So this is really happened. And this is where I asked. And if I didn't ask, I would have been fucked. All right. So I'm in a movie called Borderlands coming out. Okay. It was like, um, it was a, you know, obviously the table was in Zoom, right? Sure. And everyone's around the world. And so my, I had to be there at like six in the morning, Saturday morning, because it was at certain time in Hungary, certain time in other Europeans, you know, right? So I had to get up early to do it. And, but before, a week before, the director, Eli Roth, who's one of the greatest directors, you know, Eli, I love Eli and I, I can't wait to see you again, Eli. I love you. One of the best directors I've ever worked. So nice. He's a genius. He's a genius. So, but a week before his assistant go, listen, we don't, we haven't cast the whole thing. So you have to read all these other parts. So he's like, you're, you have to play the villain, the main villain. We mm -hmm. haven't cast that out. You know what I mean? And he gave me probably 20 parts. So I spent all week literally memorizing because I didn't want to fuck up because I've never been in a yeah. table read with Jack Black and fucking Kate Blanchett, right? Right, right. So I'm writing all of it down. Oh, that's right. You're in that giant movie. Yeah. So five minutes before we do this gigantic title t table read, there's so many boxes of actors I don't know. Yeah. And I just had this gut feeling. And I called the assistant. I go, are you sure I'm reading all these parts? He goes, oh, no, you're just reading your part now. <gasps> but if I hadn't done that, I would have talked over Kate Blanchett. Ha -ha. Oh. I would have talked over other actors. And then they would have to stop and go, what the fuck are you doing? I go, well, then, uh, but your assistant said that you have to read all, you know what I mean? But you, it's always important to You'd ask. You'd go, I'm Asian. It's our time. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Stop if I check, it. you're black and you're out. Ali Wong, get in. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm a crazy rich Asian. Yeah. I do whatever the fuck yeah. I want. Yeah, I mean. It, Couldn't it, get an audition for that. This is why. Could not get an audition for that. <laughs> Couldn't get an audition for Hangover. Couldn't get an audition for any age. They just did a book on. They just did a fucking. Oh, they just did a fucking book on Asians in pop culture. Sure. Not a mention of my. Oh. But that's that's also not like they'll do like a documentary on like women in comedy and it'll come out and I'm like, okay. <laughs> and you're like cool, yeah, but it's yeah, also yeah. it's like I'm not even gonna spend time taking this personally because I probably wouldn't have wanted to do it anyway. Like it's just the kind of thing where you're like, do you want to be right? It, but you should owe, my point is, is that. I'd rather just be in a documentary about comedians. You would rather just be. You should have gone to Plains. You should have gone to the table read, went to the writer or one of the, the producers. Bra. No, and just go, listen, I was going to play it like this, but what do you, how do you guys think I should play it? Yeah, but um, given the fact that this is a children's movie and it's weird to make a plain sexy, mm. why don't I just be funny instead? You yeah. fucking weirdo. Uh, okay, but instead of making a grand choice like that. All right, Daniel Day-Lewis. But here's, I guess, I, I guess, what, 
I guess the thing is about me that that I, I I do trust me. I I I am at the risk of seeming like a, a psycho, a diva. I, I will ask fifty times. I'm just confirming, double confirming, triple confirming. I just want to make sure I get this right, and then. As a woman, though, you only have a couple. You get to ask like three or four questions before you're difficult or you're annoying or you're a hassle. So I always feel Ooh. like I have to be like, is there anything I need to know? Please, like, please tell me if I'm doing something wrong. You know I can do this. And if I do it wrong, it's your fault. Yeah. It's your fault. You haven't been clear. Okay. But I think a lot of people are afraid to tell people how to do something because they don't want to get accused of like rape anymore. So no one will tell me what's happening. <laughs> I go on a movie yeah. and no one will even talk to me. They're so afraid that, that like, <laughs> I'm going to call Ronan Farrow. I'm like, can someone tell me what to do? And yeah. they're like, you just yeah. do whatever you want. Whatever yeah. makes you comfortable. We yeah. want to make a safe space. And I'm like, well, can yeah. tell, someone tell me where to stand? And they're like, wherever you want to stand. And I'm like, you guys can't be so afraid to direct actors that I have no clue what's happening. But people, but here's the thing. Just don't rape me. But I, I know. <laughs> but when you're acting, right, what people sometimes don't realize is you're a comedian as well. Yeah. Right? And so this actually happened. I was in Hungary. And uh, I don't want to drop names. Can I drop a name? Well, you already said Kate Blanchett. And, All right. So and... ja Jamie Lee Curtis. <laughs> goes, the woman from the Activia commercial? Yeah, yeah. She goes, um, hey, um, this is literally, okay, I fly to Hungary. I'm scared shitless. Like, I'm like, don't fuck this opportunity up. I knew my lines way before, you know what I mean? I'm like, don't fuck it up. So I go to the hotel. Everything to replace you with everyone from Crazy Rose Jays is fast. They're working on the sequel. <laughs> you son of a fucking I'm bitch. sorry. Right. I miss having comedians <laughs> on the podcast. I, I know. So, she, they, uh, so I go to my hotel room and there's a letter on my bed. Sure. With Jamie Lee Curtis on top of the, this letter heading. She's like, hey, I don't know you, but um, welcome to the movie. She's the best. And she goes, um, tomorrow, let's have lunch. I go, fuck yeah, right? I meet her for lunch, but there's other actors, a, a talented actor by the name of Cheyenne Jackson. Mm -hmm. Love, amazing singer too, singer, right? Singer, dancer, hot, very he, hot. hot, he's everything, right? Yes. So it's me, Cheyenne, and um, Penn from Penn and Teller. Mm -hmm. I thought you said Bagley, but okay. Yeah, yeah. So um, she, we have lunch and then she goes, you gotta, I wanna take you to the river. And so along this river in Hungary are all these bronze shoes. Right, and that was back in 1945 or whatever when um, Germany went in there and they just shot a bunch of Hungarian Jews and threw them in the river, right? And it's a solemn place. You don't tell jokes. Sure. Me do. <laughs> and why so, are they bronze? So, They're like, you guys got third place. <laughs> I would say if you were with me, I would have been safe, right? So I, I don't say anything. We're, and then Cheyenne Jackson goes, oh, these little shoes are little. It was a boy, right? A little boy. And he, everyone's emotional. And I go, it could have been a midget. <laughs> <laughs> and they all turn around and they walk away. So I'm staring at these bronze shoes going. <laughs> Those would fit me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But going, oh, I'm off this movie. This is terrible. Why? Why? Anyway, no one would think that was funnier than Eli Roth. <laughs> I know. Eli, Eli, yeah, Eli was a, he would die. He would allow. <laughs> right, right. But my point is, is that sometimes it's like, you know, they don't know you're a comedian. Yeah, yeah. Right? And you're, they just think that you're an actor. They don't know anything about me. You yeah, know, they're yeah, not, yeah, you know, yeah. They're not Tiger Belly bad friend friends. But my point is, is that, you know, so sometimes, you know, um, 
you have to turn that off. Yes, restraint. We should do this more often. I feel like you Don't have- I think we should do this more often? On camera or off? In general. Both. Yeah. I do too. I love but, you. But here's what I'll say. I feel like I am now going to adjust to the new Bobby because I've spent a lot of time going, just don't smother him. Don't pressure no. him. No, no, no. But now that you don't watch porn, I feel like you have a lot more time on your hands to hang out. <laughs> I feel like it just freed up eight or nine hours a day for you to have. Fr it's really hard to have friendships with equals is the key to sanity. I am learning for that is not work always. Mm. It's nice to be in your $20 million house. Wait, you just turned around once. You have to do it twice more. That, that's not a movie theater, okay? Okay. <laughs> but that's that, well. That's the question I want to ask you real quick. Fuck okay. it, right? I thought you had because two. Because you kept saying Marvel and working. Work. Is your dream to be in big movies? Um, do you have bigger dreams than you have where you're at now? If they are fun and like with amazing people, yeah. uh, there's nothing more fun. So like doing the Foo Fighters movie. I just did the Machine Gun Kelly movie. Can I say something about David Grohl? He did Mad TV. I tried to meet him. Mm -hmm. I'm the biggest. I saw Nirvana play. Wow. I know. I have every Foo Fighters album. Yeah. Right. And I just can't get him to even know I exist. Mm -hmm. Just tell him about me. The second thing is, is this, right? Do you have entitlement? Hold on, sorry, I'm writing that down. Tell girl, tell Dave. Yeah, yeah. Let me just remember. Can someone remind me? Grace, can you remind me to tell... Dave I'm Grohl's just the biggest fucking fan. I, I would suck Bobby. his dick. I will okay, suck his that dick. That is on the top of my list. Yeah. So <laughs> I know yeah. what you're doing. <laughs> Do you have entitlement issues? Yes. Like in terms like, of I believe I should be able to pee right now. Yeah. <laughs> and not answer this question. Or we'll, we'll ask this later. Yeah. Because it's a whole thing. Yeah. The, I gotta get the fuck out of here too. It's but, too but, long. Yes. And I would say my entitlement stuff is not about like I'm entitled to I think. When you work as hard as you and I work, yeah. we go, we're entitled, we deserve this thing, but we're in a business that is, is, is your success is a confluence of hard work and some luck and a lot of other things. Yeah. So are there places that trigger you? Places that trigger me. But your entitlement. Because I have two places that do. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you, you go first. So I understand the question. So um, my thing is restaurants. All right. So here's what I do in restaurants. Okay. Okay. Hi, I don't have a rest. Like, I went to this place called Houston's in Scottsdale. Love Houston's. Mm -hmm. Right? Obsessed. And I go, um, this is so embarrassing, but I have to talk about it. Mm -hmm. I was there at five, not busy. I go, I, I don't have a reservation, but can I get a seat? It's a 45 minute wait. By the way, Houston's, that's actually short for Houston's. Okay. Five, five o'clock on a Thursday? In Phoenix? Yeah. That's when everyone eats. Yeah, but you know, I know my eyes are a little smaller than yours, mm -hmm. but I have, I can see. <laughs> I can see the people in the restaurant, okay. correct? Yeah. Right. So it's and my observation is they're not slammed because I used to work at restaurants. But also, are we in a pandemic and they can't take as many people? But that's not the thing. They were seating. They sat thirty white people that walked in. You think it was personal? I don't know what it was personal, but my mind says that, uh -huh. right? So then I go, you know what? No. So I oh, so embarrassing. I walk up to the hostess. I go, "Do you guys have a Twitter handle?" And I had my tweet tweet out uh -huh. with my verify this and that. Go, I feel like the hostess really deserved this. And just listen. Sorry. And she goes, come in. And they gave me a table, right? Because you threatened them. Yeah. So my point is, is this. Do you have any instances like that where it triggers you? So for me, from now on, what I'm going to do, and what I've been doing is, I know when I go to a restaurant that I, I'm going to get triggered. Mm -hmm. So if that happens, I just step outside for five minutes and I just 
think it through. I breathe. And yeah. I don't. You take things per. I, I know what you mean. Mine is probably like an example. I could probably think of many more. I get triggered when I'm in. You know what? I'm sorry that I'm saying this and I'm not I don't mean this to be against you. But when I am in a uh, public place and someone loses their temper at people that have no control over the situation, like when someone goes up to a hostess and is like, <laughs> Why well, I, I don't deserve to wait like yeah, everybody just else. It, just end it. Just, <laughs> just, end, just end it. That when I am at the like JetBlue counter and someone's screaming at the JetBlue person who has absolutely no control over whether the plane's canceled or yeah, not, yeah. I, I'm like, can you stop yelling at this person? That's it's not entitlement. I know, but I... I, I, so I we're talking about a completely different fucking thing right yeah, now. So when I'm at my house yeah. and people that I invited my home as a guest leave their saliva-covered toothpicks all over my brand new table, <laughs> okay, okay. I, definitely, okay. I definitely feel entitled. Oh, okay. It's like, maybe okay, okay. they could respect really my shit. Really good to be back. <laughs> really good to be back. Is there a trash? Really good to be back. Is there a trash? Here's the trash. Okay. No, I think for okay. me, it's it's when I take things personally that are not personal. A lot of times, it's when people like don't use coasters and look at the amount of coasters I have out. And I don't. <laughs> I've, I've, I've dropped it. Right, I've, right, right. I've dropped. It's not everyone else's job to to accommodate that. Yeah. I just have to drop it because my scarcity complex growing up. Sometimes I'm I'm friends with comics that are like very Rain Man like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's a little weird as well. Let's fucking end it. Don't ride elephants. <laughs> I love you. Now you're 37 days sober. The it's always the right time deal. Hey, want to go to Mickey D's for lunch? Ooh, let's go now. <laughs> but it's not lunchtime yet. If we're going to McDonald's, it's always the right time. Yeah, it's hard to argue with that. There's a deal for every lunch hour at McDonald's. Now's the time to get two for $3.99. Mix and match a four-piece McNuggets, a McDouble, a McChicken, or a hot and spicy McChicken. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price.